Hey folks, welcome to Electronic Gaming, mostly, the podcast. I'm Seeker127. Uh, sir. <laughs> the gambler. So, we are two Twitch streamers who are now doing a podcast, so we're going to be talking about a lot of games, maybe some movies, comics, nerd culture. Uh, yeah, gambler might, you know, you might get off on politics and you'll have a, a nice 20 minute tangent while I go take a shit. Uh, we are offensive, uh, we are not PC, and we hold some very unpopular opinions that go against the grain. So if you're easily offended, uh, you know, do what, do what they say to do in grade school. Ignore it. And, you know, if you feel the need to comment and, you know, say bad shit about us, uh, we'll do the same thing. And fucking ignore it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. All right, That's so works, huh? let's get right into it uh, because podcasting it's, is hard. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta talk about things; people will listen. Yeah, apparently. All right, so let's talk about World of Warcraft because the expansion just came out. Uh, you're you're the more longtime sub than I am. I'm great. With you're the a sub. lore master, kind of a lore master. So why don't you give your impressions so I'm far? More of a master debater, you know. Aren't we all? Oh, I noticed you were playing uh, Beat Saber. Yeah, right I love this. beating my yeah, saber. I was beating. I was beating my right saber. <laughs> and then I played Beat Saber. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's a pretty good expansion launch. It's not as good as Legion, that's for sure. Definitely not as good as Legion. But I mean, that's coming from me, who doesn't give a shit about story. Like story-wise. I think the Legion launch was good because it was new in a lot of respects. And then BFA is just a lot of what we had in Legion with a little... Certainly there's more things to do. Somebody put a list together. Like when you hit max level in Legion, there's world quests. There's uh, the, the daily quest or whatever there was. And there wasn't mythic dungeons or anything like that. You had to grind heroics, world quests, and that was it. Something like that. And then yeah. now, now you can do heroics, world quests, invasions. There's going to be war fronts next uh, Tuesday, actually. Not next Tuesday, but this coming Tuesday. So two days from when this podcast is. Yeah, I got to get my recorded. hunter up to level. Which, by the way, I started playing with a little bit, and I have no idea what I'm doing. So that's going <laughs> well, to it's it's take some time. But, you know, I, I want to go marksmanship, but I should probably go beast mastery for leveling. Hmm. Whatever. Not important. Um, overall, I like the expansion. Definitely not as good as Legion. Um, I don't like feeling weaker. And usually when a new expansion hits, you feel weaker because you're, you're swapping out your purples for greens. You yeah. know, your secondary stats are lower. But this is the first time they've actually, like, stripped away abilities and then gave you the option to sacrifice abilities you already have to get those artifact abilities back. Yeah. And a lot of those abilities... Um, you know, they, they smoothed out the rotation. They made the game feel a lot better. And now you have to, like, kind of take a full rotation that you had in Legion and cherry-pick a couple things out of it. So now you're just kind of left feeling well, It's funny you mentioned that, because two days ago they hot-fixed the game to nerf a bunch of Azerite powers. Yeah, because that's what that needed. Because <laughs> apparently it's too much. So like, uh, for example, the duplicative incineration for Mage, the damage was reduced by 50%. Yeah, that. and I main uh, a mage for for those who don't know. If you haven't been following the podcast for very there's long, there's a lot of nerfs going on with that. I mean, certainly they didn't nerf all of them, but it seems like they nerfed most of the ones that do good damage. Uh, I don't know why they would do. It. 
And this I is after this people were coming out saying, hey, yeah. these these don't feel very powerful compared to our artifact. And Ian Hasakostas is saying, uh, well, I think once you get to max level and you start getting some of these, you'll see that they're pretty significant. Now they're making them less significant. Well, this is part of the problem is that I don't know why, but a lot of their damage number balance is done based off of like the top 10% of people that have you know, maxed out their item level to the highest degree they possibly can. And I bet the game feels real great at that point, but not everybody is going to be maxed out. Now. Yeah, These I don't know people... why they do that. It's like there's not even a bell curve, right? Like you would think that they would balance yeah. the game so that the average player would feel pretty damn good and that like Mythic Raiders and stuff would feel totally OP except for when they're doing Mythic Raids. But instead, yeah. it's like they make it so Mythic Raiders feel good and everyone else feels like shit. Yeah, that's a big And they're problem, coming off they're coming off of a, an expansion where it felt really good to play every class that I played. Oh yeah, because you'd get a class and there'd be all these traits and things to get for an artifact and it was interesting. I remember when I maxed out my warrior right before the pre-patch, I was a little bummed because I immediately it turned over and I didn't have those traits anymore and there was nothing interesting about the class suddenly to try out and because those traits were pretty good. They did a lot of really cool things, you know. There's, and you don't really recognize what you miss until you start playing around with a class. I, like, I've been playing my Demon Hunter again and tanking with it. And, man, it just doesn't feel as good. I used to get this, like, every time I would consume a soul with my shear, it would, uh, <laughs> it would turn me into a demon for, like, three seconds. And, of course, I was that was kitted out to be this situation where you would have leech so you would get health back pretty quickly and this stuff procced all the time because i was consuming all the souls that were on the ground at once every time i would activate activate that ability well not only did they nerf that to where you only take two souls at a time when you use it but on top of that the only way to there that trait that wasn't that was a uh an artifact weapon trait so it's it's mm -hmm. not in the game except for on it's on uh azurite gear and you have to you'd have to probably stack all three to get anything close to a good uh, oh no! I'm sorry. It's a, it's not an artifact trait. It's a it's a talent, and it's a talent that procs maybe. Oh my god! I I I ran through three dungeons and it procs maybe three times total. It was just not worth it. Yeah. Well, Shame. because I played a fire mage mainly. Let me explain to you my main problems with the talents. So the first one is the first talent row. Uh, uh, they put basically the legendary belt ability on the first here, which is your scorch does a lot more damage crits every time when the enemy is below 30 percent health which is really good but also on that row is the talent that guarantees a crit when the enemy is above 90 percent health and i used to have both of those and it used to be really nice to get those crits i mean it devalued your crit but that's fine because they nerfed crit so now i have to pick one or the other all right so that's the first one the second one is that the main artifact ability, Phoenix Flames, which if you don't know, it shoots a giant phoenix at a group of enemies. It bounces around doing AoE damage, and there's three charges on a 45-second cooldown. Um, but the, the talent you want to pick in that tier is Flame On, which gives you an extra Fire Blast proc, or charge, whatever they call it, and reduces the cooldown. So, I mean, in Blizzard's mind, that's like a creative choice, right? Like, how do you want to play? But on paper, because that's what people do, on paper, it's like, no, you get more uh, free Pyroblast when you pick Flame On. So Flame On should be the only one that you pick. Yep. 
So yeah, it would be great to have both of those because it really smoothed out the rotation. Oh, and right. it always crit. I should mention it always crit. So you, you always got to charge a hot streak. I, I, I happen to agree with the population of the game, uh, uh, the players of the game, in the sense that the legendaries were supposed to be replaced by artifact gear. You know, the helmet, the shoulders, the chest piece with the necklace in conjunction. That's that's where legendary abilities should have gone to. But instead, they did this weird thing where they baked some of them in arbitrarily to some classes and other ones became talent choices, which is just not a fair thing to do from Blizzard. I, I can't believe oh, yeah. they actually got greenlit in this process. Like to take away. You have a situation where a, a player has three abilities and then you go into the next expansion and you've taken two of those abilities away and one of them you dangle in front of them on their talent tree next to stuff oh, there's like, more they already had those they already had what was on that tree with that the one that you took away from them so you've basically just taken it from them and said here's a treat it's not it's not if you if you slap a candy out of my hand and then pick it up off the ground and say buy it from me that's <laughs> You've just taken from me. You ain't giving me nothing, man. Well, let me let me finish up this, the fire mage thing because it's all gonna culminate. Yeah. The, the the tier one hundred or the level one hundred tier talents. Um, they took away cinder storm, which uh, was actually really good if you used it right. But it was kind of like the barrage of mages, right? Like it would just yeah. pull shit through walls because it would just keep going. <laughs> um, so they replaced that. that with the bracer legendary thing where. Um, periodically, it's like 15% of the time after using your instant pyroblast, you'll get a 300% uh, damage buff on a hard cast pyroblast, which yeah. used to be best on single target, but now it's just straight up not as good as Meteor. And I really liked using that talent because it was kind of like a Kamehameha wave, right? Like you just cast for like four seconds and, they, and it used to crit for like five or six million for me. And, you know, the stat squish didn't help, you know, those big numbers like, whoa. Yeah, look at all that damage. They'll get back up there. So what what ends up happening is I was a pretty good single target AOE hybrid spec for fire. Now I don't have Phoenix Flame, so that's a huge chunk of AOE I'm not getting. They nerfed yeah. uh, Living Bomb, so that doesn't do as much damage anymore. And Flame Strike never felt good to use to me. So now I'm, again, because my stats are squished and my crit's gone from 55% to 22%, I'm just hard casting fireballs all goddamn day. Yep. And the, every time I'm like, man, I could really use a, a crit right now, and I hit five because that's where my Phoenix Flames used to be. It's not there. It's really disappointing. So they, they do this every expansion, man. They 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 still haven't learned. Every expansion, there's they just some classes drop down, some come up. Like this is the AOE classes now in this expansion, and the next expansion, not those anymore. Some other ones, and it's just a seesaw effect of. Alzheimer's and ignorance. I just, yeah. I don't, I don't. I mean, the problem I don't get is, uh, like, we did the test. We did three dungeons, one in each spec for me, and Arcane did double to triple the damage consistently. And yeah. that was basically just jumping into a group of enemies and spamming Arcane Explosion. And then when I got to four four stacks, do uh, Arcane Barrage and then start over. And on single target, you just spam. Ham Arcane Blast until you're out of mana. It's the, it's the easiest class to play. The only thing you have to worry about is mana management. But even then, you only need to manage your mana if uh, Evocation is is, not, is on cooldown. 
Because if it's not on cooldown, you just do whatever you want. If you're out of mana, you evocate. God, we could go on for so long about World of Warcraft, man. Like how well, failure, yeah, how much of a that's failure the main it topic. is with the threat. <laughs> the threat oh, yeah. situation. Here I am pulling threat as a mage again. You're already through. Like I've seen you pull threat off me once or twice when we were when we were in a dungeon, a normal dungeon. Granted, you're max level and I'm not, but well, that means just... you should do more damage because of the scaling. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Let me take my uh, let me take my necklace off. Boost my damage a little bit, you know? I don't think Blizzard understands that the problem isn't now. The problem's going to be two patches from now when you have a guy who is playing an alt or maybe he just got the game and he's playing a tank and he knows how to tank. It's not a problem that he doesn't know how to tank, but some, you know, mythic raider joins his group in like raid finder or something and this tank's trying to tank raid finder or or it's a heroic and some mythic raider is trying to get his daily heroics done because Blizzard keeps trying to incentivize people to play these modes when the incentivization should just be fun or types of gear yeah. relative to their level. Uh, but you have these, you're going to have a mythic raider in a heroic. He's going to pull, he's going to do so much damage. He's going to constantly be pulling off the tank. And people say, well, that's not a problem because he's just, he's so geared. He won't die anyways. Yeah, except now you have this little piddly-looking tank running around, feeling like he's terrible. And not only that, but you're going to get toxic people that are like, what a, what a terrible tank. Tank can't hold aggro. What a terrible tank. And so that guy's going to stop tanking because he doesn't want to go into dungeons and get you know reprimanded for it every time. Well, I mean, the, I'm sure there's a lot peers. of people who don't read the patch notes, and they're going to think that. They played in Legion. Or they tanked exactly. in Legion, and now they're just going to go right into the next expansion. And like, why Absolutely. can't I play? Not just tanks, but healers and things like that. So you're going to have people constantly complaining about this tank can't hold threat. This tank's a terrible tank. And then that's going to lower the amount of people. It's already a problem, but it's going to even lower even further the amount of people queuing up as tanks. I mean, it's going to be even worse for me in particular if I'm playing Arcane because I don't get to stay at a distance anymore. Because from what I'm gathering, it's going to be another AoE dungeon expansion, which means I'm going to be hopping around in the middle of everything doing Arcane Explosion. So I'm going to be taking damage. Sorry. Well, you're going to switch to a hunter, let's be honest. <laughs> or a priest, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, which are both. I mean, I'll have alts. Yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm switching to my demon hunter. I'm committed to it now. I'm done with the warlock. I'm done with the warrior. I don't know, the warrior yeah. felt pretty good to me. But... It was fine, but I'm feeling the demon hunter again. I, I remembered, I played it, and it reminded me of why I liked it in the first place. The mobility, it's just a fun play style. I don't have to use momentum anymore. It's fantastic. Well, Great. let's uh, let's get on to the second gripe about this expansion, and that's that Blizzard seems to have mastered the art of dragging everything out. I mean, they started slowly, you know, rep grinds. That's pretty standard. Now it's down to the actual architecture of the world. Like, even if you just want to get from the portals in uh, whatever that port's called, I don't remember, to the boat. You can't just go to it. You got to like dismount and then, you know, remount or you have to go like down the stairs and then around and do a spinny thing and come back up. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, remember the old zones before they really knew what they were doing and everything was kind of flat. Like think the barrens or something or wetlands. Well, like we just wanted to, to go somewhere. You used to have to stop at every single flight path. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about if you're just running. But now, I mean, the problem right. with following the arrow is it usually puts you into the side of a mountain and you got to turn around and 
<laughs> go around the whole thing to find the torch on yeah, the path. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like their their in-game quest tracking is pretty poorly done when it comes to pointing in the right direction because it's always pointing just directly at it. Yeah, and that's it's why never... I use Zygor, and even that has its issues. Like if you miss the waypoint on the way, it'll eventually catch up if you hit the next one, but sometimes it won't, and you got to go like all the way back. The, this podcast is not brought to you by Zygor guys. <laughs> Currently yeah, accepting yeah, I, office for sponsorship. I find myself looking at the map quite often, and I guess that's why I don't have that much trouble to it. But it, I mean, there, I, I'd be lying if I said that I never have situations where, you know, I'm trying to find a quest and there's multiple layers of terrain, and I don't know whether it's up, down, or what, you know. And I just have sometimes I do run into problems where. I'm, you know, down below, and I know that the quest is up there, and I, do I go left or right to get to this arbitrary staircase that exists somewhere? You know? Yeah, and the underlying problem here... Knowing, sure, but. The underlying problem is that Blizzard seems to have forgotten about keeping people playing by making the game fun and keeping people playing by making it tedious and stretching it out at every wow. turn. Taking away Behind flying, it. the architecture, the rep grinds. I disagree a little bit. Because I don't know how much of it is actually them trying to pad out your subscription versus just dumb decision making by let's let the art team decide some things. Like I, I remember in Warlords when it, the art director or some something like that, some title that had to do with art was answering questions about flying. The whole thing was on flying and Draenor and they had the art guy on there. Like what does this guy have to do with making that kind of decision? Unless Blizzard's just like, hey, the art guy wants to... He came to us and said he wants us to force people to see his shit he made. Like, I don't... Yeah, I don't think that's... I think that's an excuse. I don't think that's the real reason that they have you... I think it's to pad your subscription time. I it's a little bit of ignorance on Blizzard's part, too. I'm not saying they're stupid. Obviously, there are a lot of brilliant people that work there because, I mean, they make a lot of money off the game and it's the most successful MMO, but... I think there's a lot of ignorance and listening to the wrong group of people that complain about things. I, I see these threads all the time on the official forums where it's people like, I like the game without flying. Well, great. Then don't fly. Yeah. Dismount it's kind of like that chicken or the egg like, argument. Like, well, right. I have to fly or I'm at a disadvantage. Okay. Then fly. But I don't want to fly. Okay. Then don't. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't see the problem. One. Like, I liked yeah. it better when the game was built from the beginning of the expansion with flying in mind, you know, like, uh, oh God, wrath. Did they do it in burning crusade? But I know there's certain raids and dungeons you can only get to if you fly there. It's definitely cataclysm cataclysm. You could not get to places without flying. Yeah. I'd like uh, that. Then like there were certain dungeons you couldn't get you like black wing descent. You had to have flying to get into black wing descent. You had to have flying to get into, um, what was it? Uh, I don't even remember off the top of my head. No, point is, that was a better system, I think. Instead yeah, of building absolutely. another expansion and using flying as like a uh, halfway through the expansion way of speeding things up as a catch-up mechanic, it should have just been part of the mechanics to begin with. Stop I making it, it so much of an uh, advantage and just make it necessary. I get it. Okay, I get that there's certain quests that don't work with flying, like... You know, the the Kirin Tor quest, for example, from Legion, where you're supposed to fly in the bubbles all the way to, to click on the thing. Without 
with flying, that's just a dumb quest that where you show up to next to the guy, it pops up, you fly up to the thing and click on it, and it's over. Super quick, easy quest that's done. Without it, it's an actual thing where you have to do some stuff. I mean, but again, right. it's not that hard. It's not hard at all to do that one without flying. It just takes I forever because solution. you have to like go into these slow-moving bubbles. The worst one was, I, I don't remember what they were called. Was it uh, the Magic of Flight? No, that's the bubble one. There was the other one where there was like this whole like obstacle course where they tried to do like a physics based like these. If you land in these things, they boost you forward and then you fly and you yeah. have to avoid these certain. And that was yeah, terrible. Those were terrible yeah. Like I couldn't I even. Think the solution to these things though isn't let's punish, let's get rid of flying completely for these handful of like small percentage of quests and uh, chests that we want you to get to without just flying up to them. And the better solution, I think, is like the Kieran Tor quest. You just have an NPC you talk to to activate it. Have to talk to him to activate it. And you get a debuff that doesn't clear until you finish it or leave the area. You leave the area or finish it, the debuff goes away, you can fly again. You, If there's a chest somewhere that's hidden up on a tree and they want you to jump on pebbles or rocks to get up onto the tree, just make it to where the chest, doesn't sh the chest shows up, but it's not interactable, which we've seen is possible with these rune chests in in uh, BFA where you got to click the runes it's just that you can't you can't even interact with the chest until you click on a sign or a rock nearby that activates the the no flying debuff you know that's all you have to do it's that simple and you can still have flying in your game and it's not like most people are going to hit 120 and immediately get flying i'm okay with it being behind an achievement i'm not okay with it being behind a time gated reputation achievement that's unachievable till a certain number of weeks if well, plus, somebody if wants to get 120 saying, and just go ham and open it up immediately, that's on them. But you, they're obviously going to miss out on certain things. Like when we hit 120, we couldn't just, we weren't even able to do all the things you're supposed to do when you hit 120 before the week was over. I can't like, even finish the war campaign because it's hidden behind a friggin' rep grind. <laughs> Yeah, so you have to pick one. Do you want to be raid ready and, and focus on doing all the world quests and doing as much reputation grind as possible? Or do you want to go and focus on getting the Pathfinder achievement? Like, these are two choices that people could have, you know, and it could be unlocked naturally for some people, and some people might want to unlock it immediately. Good for them. Well, the thing is, is like, if the art team really wants everyone to see what they did in the game... Like, I don't know why they force people who don't care, like me, to see it for so long. Like, I've been through all the zones. You know, I kind of like them. I don't like the Horde zones, but I like the Alliance zones. They're kind of cool. They're still annoying to navigate on the ground, but, like, I've seen it once. I don't need to see it for another six months before I get flying, you know? Like, why are you taking people who don't care and shoving their nose into your blurry textures? I, I don't get it. Well, and the people who do want to see it, they could just not fly or fly closer. Take a look around, explore. Like it, yeah, that's the thing. They're limiting yeah, options for people instead of yeah, the other way around. And I don't know what Blizzard's problem is because the game looks beautiful from the air. Like when you're flying over, a, I can't wait to fly over Cool Taras and see like how cool, you know, some of the cities look from up above. I mean, I was playing on my Demon Hunter and got all the way up on top of a mountain and saw over the the hub city and it looked amazing it looked fantastic I'm like oh, yeah because when you're in it over on a micro level it all kind of looks the same yeah absolutely. it's kind of hard to tell where to go like i don't know it's it like, looks better like from flying farther in an away. airplane over las vegas versus being on the strip <laughs> like, 
If you're on the strip, less it's impressive. Nice. It's great, whatever. But when you're flying over, it's like, wow, look how gigantic this place is. You really get a sense of scale for it. Wow. Yeah. I don't know where their where their heads at really, um, but I mean, there's always that argument for they're just trying to pad the game out, and that's what I think. That's their directive from Activision, I guess. Because it's everything. It's you know, get these followers and send them out. Do the rep grind yeah. before you can continue the quest line. Make it so you can't fly. It's everything. Uh, they may have perfected that. They may have perfected the follower thing where you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get the followers. And uh, I'm okay with that stuff. I'm not getting the follower, but I mean... You, it makes you feel like you're in charge, which is not. Nice. I mean, I guess if you're immersed, I never thought the immersion was that good. That's never why I played World of Warcraft. I love the For immersion. me, it just kind of... Super great. <clears throat> but yeah, it gets ruined left and right constantly because of multiple people. Uh, yeah, I think well, the biggest that. mistake Blizzard made was caving in to the people complaining about garrisons. Certainly, I don't like that garrisons were like Facebook games, you know, logging in and picking your crops and logging out and waiting for the timer to go off. But I did love the fact that nobody was around because yeah. your garrison wasn't your capital city anyways. They still had the capital city. So I I like the idea of standing on that boat and it just being me instead of like 20 other people on their stupid mounts floating over things and I got to look around. It just takes you out, makes you it make it reminds you you're in a game with other people. Yeah, it doesn't feel like you're building upon the previous expansion that you're the same character. You might as well be someone completely different for oh, every absolutely. expansion cuz like yeah. I just brought down the burning legion, right? And here I am collecting yeah. seashells for Sally well, by the seashore. <laughs> yeah, right? Who was it? <laughs> it might as well just be someone else. Well, that's canonically typically the way it goes. I think Blizzard's problem as an from an MMO standpoint and from a game developer standpoint, I think I understand what's going on, and that's the game has ran too long. Uh, in a normal D&D campaign, you start off in your heroic tier kind of being, you know, you're a hero. You know, you're just, you can be anybody. You can be an alchemist that runs an alchemy shop, and there's some kobolds that are messing around with your shipment, and nobody will do anything. So you take the, you decide that you're going to take some of your own potions. And you maybe have studied a little wizardry and you're going to go out and deal with those kobolds and you get entrapped in this entire conflict that's underlying and unknown. The next thing you know, you're entering a paragon tier where you're not a hero anymore. You're a paragon to the people and you're, you're getting stronger and better. Then you hit epic tier and you're, you're just a badass. And before you know it, you become a god and it all trails up. You're not fighting spiders. I mean, you can, but you're not just fighting spiders at epic tier. You're fighting yeah. like really serious you're fighting like the you're fighting the shellobs of spiders you know like the the biggest baddest things it's not just but you're never doing things like hey uh what's up i'm an npc in a town i need you to go to a cave and find my berries that i've left behind that doesn't yeah, happen break my dog epic out tier. of an amber rock <laughs> yeah that doesn't happen at epic tier that happens at hero tier at epic tier it's, hey, uh, there's a lich nearby that's plaguing the town with undeath. Can you go wipe out that lich? But it, World of Warcraft stu suffers from that. Pro and I, I don't know if that's because there's a lot of people working on the team. And there's some, you know, you get these people in video gaming. And I don't want to, like, turn people off or anything. But you always get these people that, are, like, see a dog in a video game. And they're like, oh, it's a puppy. No, it's a dog in a video game. It's not a real dog. <laughs> 
It doesn't eat. It doesn't sleep. It doesn't even shit. It's just an animated dog. And people are like, oh, no, the puppy's dying. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not real. All right. Well, that's the problem is it's get really hard in World of Warcraft me. to get an emotional attachment to anything, well, you really. Get, you get those people making it. Those people make games. Those same people that are, oh, the puppy in the video game are making games. And I think some of them are on the Blizzard team. And they think things like escorting a little girl through an area to her pirate father while she skips around with what is it like crocodiles surrounding you and well again escort quests everyone hates them and they keep using them because it pads the game time that's that's my prediction is it padding or is it ignorance i don't know <laughs> little little column a little column b <laughs> maybe maybe well anyway. let's talk about what's coming up for the game though because there has been a supposed leak oh. of the first patch according to the leak the first patch 8.1 is called the Tide Whispers and comes with Nazjatar, a new raid with Ashara as the final boss with nine, uh, with nine total bosses. According to this, uh, you're going to get two new dungeons, the Shadowlands, which focuses on the Buon Sambi and Vol'jin lore. That's All right, so uh, another outdoor stuff. zone, re, you know, <laughs> repurposed to be a dungeon. <laughs> Maybe. Seems to be Nazjatar, the trend. Sea of the Stars, is going to be the uh, other dungeon. Uh, and then there's going to be two zones, Crestfall and Zul'Dare, which are going to be outdoor questing zones for each faction with their own story. Crestfall is an alliance zone populated by isolationist cool tyrans reaching exalted reputation with the new faction unlocks with the new faction, which unlocks cool tyran humans. And Zul'Dare will be a horde zone that unlocks the uh, the uh, halls of the it's going to deal with the halls of the lower and it's going to unlock the the. Uh, what do you call it? The Zulamani, the the um, Zulamani. That's a two. I just added two trolls together. <laughs> the Zandalari the trolls. They all look the same. <laughs> uh, the patch trailer supposedly, according to this guy, narrated by Nazoth, which we got to hear his voice. Very cool voice acting being done there in the Azshara trailer, the Warbringers thing. Very cool. He sounds like he's a badass. Uh, and according to this. They're going to be gated. The Kulturan humans and Zandalari trolls will be gated behind Exalted Reputation standing with of the course they will. faction associated with the new quest hub. And there's supposedly going to be a Gen Greymane cinematic similar to the old soldier one with Verox Hourfang. It's supposed to feature Gen, Catherine Proudmore, and Taylor Fordragon. That's right, the chick running around with the hammer. Spoiler alert. <laughs> is the daughter of Bolvar Four Dragon. Bolvar Four Dragon, of course, is the current Lich King sitting on the throne, who was uh, killed by Sylvanas, not Sylvanas, when uh, her Forsaken threw plague on them at the Wrath Gate, and then he was captured by the Lich King and tortured, and then uh, took his place because there must always be a Lich King. It focuses on family and flashes back to his son in Gilneas. Baby Gina and Catherine also make an appearance. The cinematic ends with Gen pulling up a chair in front of Sourfang in his stockade cell. Oh, shit. The end of the presentation shows off Anduin and Sylvanas in her banshee form fighting. Blah, blah, blah. Supposedly, more information is probably going to be revealed at BlizzCon, which I didn't even think about. It's already coming up to September. We're probably not going to get the next patch until after BlizzCon, so that's probably what they're going to talk about. Yeah. I just get the virtual tickets for the mounts. Yeah, if it's even any good. <laughs> well, it was a, it was a two-person flying ship 
last time. That's true. So, yeah, looked like crap, sounded like crap, but, you know, I needed a two-person flying mount. Yeah, Warfronts comes out Tuesday. That's a PvE thing. I know people are thinking it's a PvP thing. It's not. It's a PvE system. It's a 20-man scenario where you play with random people to simulate Warcraft 3 battles. Well, not Sounds really awful. battles that happen in Warcraft 3, but Warcraft 3 styled battles where, you know, you try to, you gain resources, like there's resource acquiring, there's fighting on the front. It's basically what Alteric Valley used to be. Some people can go off and get resources, other people can go off and get power-ups and things, and other people can go and fight on the front lines. And uh, whoever wins, and it's, I don't know what it's, I don't know if there's like actual changes based off of it. Um, I do know, I think the, the Alliance control the first zone and then the horde have to take control from them. And I, I'm not sure if this is kind of like winter grass back and forth. Whoever controls it gets access to certain things. I think that might be the deal. Uh, there is a. Well, I mean, that's all fine and good, but I mean, 19 random people? Ugh. What's that going to be? Like? A, there is a secret mount, I believe, or might, might be just a piece of transmog, a transmog set that will be available in that zone. I think it is the Highlands, the... No, it's not the Arathi Highlands. Which, whichever. One of those areas around there. Whatever. <laughs> I can't I can't place it right now. I'm blanking on it. There's also another secret people discovered. You ready for this? Okay. Oh, boy. There's a secret that's tied to a mount that's not necessarily in the game yet. They don't have... They have a placeholder model for the, uh, the mount. But... Uh, but starts with acquiring a scroll that's on the ground somewhere. You click it, then you have to get Pebble 1, Pebble 2, Pebble 3, Pebble 4, Pebble 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, all scattered around random parts. And by random, I really do mean random. A lot of it is in Kul uh, Taras and, the, and the, the horde leveling zone, but there is a piece that's located on the broken shore. Uh, and then you get a little non-con... You get access to fight a little non-combat Pokemon type pet if you're into that. Not uh, really. And then when you acquire that pet and pull it out, it gives you a clue to part two, which has you le go to a bunch of places and click on some more stuff until finally you head to Feralis and click on an ash torch near some signs uh, and you get Gimme, which is you have to have a certain set in the game that's from like level 72 or some crap, like level six, like different pieces of gear the wind wool hood, the death silk shoulders, the nether weave tunic, and the frost woven leggings. These are old pieces of gear. All of those items have to be the uncommon versions, not the rare, by the way. That matters for some reason. Then you have to head wow. to vendors to purchase these items Proximo's Rudus. These are all gray items. Rough wooden staff, punctured pelt, and formula enchant ring striking. Once you have those items, you head to the Arathi Highlands. And you click on the note on the table. You read the note. Talk to Grimmy, uh, and read the note next to him that tells you about his enemies. You head out and emote at Grimmy's enemies while you have the great items in your inventory. You can be sure these steps are complete with a macro. If you're not sure, you can check that out at mmochain.com. And then lastly, you head to 100 to get 144 stacks of potato from a, the potato in the field outside. Head back to Grimmy, use the new dialogue option, head back out, open the chest to find the Waste of Time belt. It's a cosmetic item. 
Oh my god. That just has a clock on it. <laughs> Called the waste of time. It'd be like Flava Flav. Wearing a clock on your neck. It's supposed to be it's supposed belt, to be whatever. attached to a this is this is questline is also supposed to be attached to a mount that's not in the game yet. Called the hive mind. So, yeah, it's the know. B, right? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. But I mean I thought the Lucid Nightmare looked cool until I started moving. Yeah. Like, what is the legs broken? What is going well, on? The B is also a flying mount. Listen, Blizzard, just put flying in the first patch, okay? Whatever you do, I don't care what you do, okay? You don't have to be as smart as me and figure out ways to dismount people and not have them just fly out and grab your chest, okay? I get it. Not everybody's as smart as me. Just just put it in the first patch. Jesus. What was the first patch for for uh, Legion? Remember that? 7. No, I don't 1. remember. It probably, yeah. Probably 7.1. Return to Karazhan. Didn't have flying. They didn't put it in until Broken Shore. Incredible. I don't know why they drag it on so long. Because they're assholes. They even gave you, like, part one of Pathfinder that just increased your ground mount speed. Yeah, they want you... They want to... It's a... It's a a carrot on a stick. We're going to put it in, I swear. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm done with that. I don't know what else to say about WoW. It's uh, it's addicting, but it still triggers game. me still at every turn. Well, most stupid good games game do, decisions. <laughs> All right. Well, next up is uh, the Resident Evil 2 remake, which I'm hyped for. I don't do this oh, yeah. with many games, but I already pre-ordered it, the deluxe edition. I've looked into some stuff on this, too, by the way. And you know, all the gameplay trailers makes it look like it plays just like a Resident Evil game in the sense that you're combining items and looting uh, rooms and things like that. But according yeah. to what I read, the guy who played through the test, it's not an exact copy of Resident Evil 2. No, There's no, new things. no one was expecting it to be. Resident Evil 1 Remake well, wasn't an exact copy great. of the original Resident Evil. It was familiar enough that it was, yeah, it's a remake. But it was also puzzle different. Like the, Some of the puzzles are the same, kind of but the solutions are different or there's added stuff to them. So I have complete faith that they will nail the Resident Evil 2 remake. We just got to figure out a way to play the original because yeah, I want you to appreciate the differences. We got to play the original and I think everybody should. I mean, with that information, that is not just going to be a carbon copy of it with better graphic gameplay. Yeah, I was never expecting that. I don't know why that's a news story. But just so, you know, the listener out there knows, I am the Resident Evil nerd here. Gabbler's the Metal Gear Solid nerd. We both dabble in each other's, uh, you know, IPs, but, I mean, not our well, IPs. He, sh- yeah. he shared his <laughs> wife with me recently, yeah. you know, Resident Evil being his wife. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I shared mine with his, and we've had a great reputation. We, we have a great relationship like that now. <laughs> None of that's true. <laughs> well, I'm talking about Resident Evil being your wife. and I don't The know, waifu? I yeah, make, like, okay. Yeah. Resident Evil is your wife. Metal Gear Solid is yeah, yeah, yeah. my wife. I got it. You know, swing and a miss. It's all right. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> swing. <laughs> so there are some cool things about the Resident Evil 2 remake that, uh, like, the one thing I noticed is people have been complaining forever that you can't move and shoot. And then they finally introduce that in Resident Evil 6, and everyone hates it. Not, well, not that, but they hate the game. What they did in Resident Evil 2 remake is you can move and shoot, but you're really inaccurate. If you stay still for a minute, not a minute. Whatever. Yeah, Three I've seconds. It, it when like, you aim for longer, it, the crosshairs get smaller. 
yeah, so you're still highly encouraged to, you know, position yourself correctly and shoot accurately because you're going to have to conserve ammo. It's well, it's probably also not gonna tank be... controls, so it's going to probably be even better in that regard. Well, I don't know. I can't tell by looking at it. I mean, Resident Evil 4 technically was tank controls. It just had an over-the-shoulder camera, so it could be like that. I don't know if it's like a free-moving thing, but I, I don't well, know. It's an RE7 engine. So well, I don't yeah, know. but there's, I mean, it's just the engine. They can do a lot of things with an engine. <laughs> and plus we were I don't know about you I was playing Resident Evil 7 with mouse and keyboard so um, that's going to be yeah. not a comparison at all because I'm not playing Resident Evil 2 with the mouse and keyboard at first I want I just want to see the intended experience before I decide the mouse and keyboard's better I'll but, probably play it mouse and keyboard I, I play third person games typically with a controller but some third person games I play with mouse and keyboard like uh, Dead Space I'd say Resident Evil 2 Reminds me a lot of Dead Space in terms of controls is what I'm assuming it's going to be like. Yeah, that's fair. But still, there's only one Resident Evil game I played with mouse and keyboard, and that's Resident Evil 5 because they they did it right. Even just trying Resident that's Evil 4 with mouse and keyboard. Now that I think about it. Maybe. It, I mean, it's going to be a lot of wait and see type stuff, but I mean, I've played 90%, 99% of Resident Evil games with a controller, so I just want to see what that's like. I'll switch back and forth maybe later on. I'm still thinking that there's going to be a first-person mode. It wouldn't be the first time they've done that. Code Veronica had a first-person mode after you beat the game. I don't see why not, right? I mean, it could. It can't be that difficult to just slide the camera into his head. Yeah, well, I mean, it could be. Uh, in Resident Evil 7, if you ever saw your own character model, you didn't have a head at all. Yeah, but they. it wasn't, it wasn't designed to be in a third person at any point, so why waste time making a character model? I mean, certainly the other character models exist for enemies and things like that, so they could have easily made your character model, but it seems like if they made your character model, it'd be a waste. I mean... I'm just excited to have like a remember. modern, decent a Resident, Resident Evil, Evil game that you don't have a has head, zombies. You have feet, right? <laughs> in 7? I don't know. You have a body in 7, because when you look down, you see feet. Well, and yeah, you have to. I remember specifically getting my leg chopped off and then putting it back yeah. on and pouring some shit on yeah, it. Yeah, that was It'd great. <laughs> Here's, I think, so there wasn't a head because I think they didn't want to have to do a detailed face because then people would look in the files and go, oh, this is what the character looks like. And they weren't ready to make that kind of commitment, I guess. Yeah, well, there was also VR to consider. Yeah. Maybe that was part of it. I don't know. Yeah, it, with VR, if it, with the, if there's a head, you tend to, your body goes, you, you can end up inside the head and it it's very jarring sometimes. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we'll yeah. see. But so far from what I've seen, um, they're taking, you know, the same route that they did with the first remake. And everything's going to be very familiar and nostalgic, but uh, the puzzles will be different. It won't be like I'll know what to do immediately after going in there. Still so I'm really excited. Still disappointed Resident Evil 7 never came to PC on VR. Yeah, well, they said they had a one-year exclusive with Sony, but I guess they just forgot, decided it wasn't worth the money, whatever. Yeah. To right, I wouldn't have been able to do it anyway. I'm not the one with VR. I don't think I, I, I still haven't played a horror game in VR. It's pretty rough. <laughs> it's pretty rough. And yeah. I usually don't get scared at VR ga uh, at horror games. Uh, it's pretty rough. The only things I have done are some things where you just sit in a chair and things happen around you, and that's pretty rough. <laughs> I mean, it's really sounded. different. It's really different when things are right up in your face, dangling, swinging around. Uh, 
Well, I mean, I don't know what else to say about Resident Evil. Well, 2 they, either. you know, they've been touting the the wet gore thing, which so far looks pretty gory. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, people have been talking about. There's a lot of blood in the game. Uh, the police station now has a bathroom. That's new. Yeah, I'm not going into it. <laughs> I don't go into bathrooms in horror games. That's just a. Oh, I'm exploring everything. Doom Three screwed me over on that. <laughs> oh no, Silent Hill Two was way worse. Oh man. So Silent, let know. me give you a quick breakdown of what happens in Silent Hill Two. Um, I think it was the prison that this happens. But throughout the game, you go into these bathrooms and they're super creepy. Normally, nothing happens. Normally, right? Well, technically, I guess nothing ever happens. But I think it was the prison. You go into the a bathroom, and all of a sudden you hear like whispering in your ear. And you're just like, what the fuck was that? And the prison is the creepiest part of that game because there's no enemies. There's like no enemies, but there's all kinds of whispering. And you go into a jail cell to see what's going on. And you try to get out and you're locked in there. And it turns out you have to like try the door five times before it unlocks. The idea is it's a haunted prison. So, yeah, bathrooms are creepy. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they what they got in there. Okay, but... <laughs> In Doom 3, you go into a fucking bathroom and look in the mirror and the whole fucking game turns... You can see your character in the mirror. And the whole... Like, everything turns red. And you get this sound that's just horrifying. And then the next thing... And then everything goes dark. Like, the light goes out in the room. And then, boom! The door explodes to your left and there's just a a hell demon just walking towards you, man. That was... I couldn't... I just didn't end. Yeah, and you wouldn't have liked Silent Hill 3 then. Because <laughs> that, that's and probably my creepiest video like, game moment. Every game's like that. <laughs> I went into I, I got over it and went into a bathroom in one of the Dead Space games. I think it was Dead Space 1. And you go into the bathroom and those little crawly things that jump on you and you have to hit the button to get them off of you. It, it, they're just all they're coming out of the toilet and you're just stomping and stomping and stomping. Terrible. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think there's going to be much to the bathrooms at Resident Evil 2. I think they added it as a fan service because people had always complained that how do the people go to the bathroom in this place? Because it's a very impractical police station, right? Like, lore-wise, <laughs> yeah. it's a museum that was repurposed as a police station. In in reality, it's the most inefficient, confusing way to get around a friggin' police station. I don't know <laughs> how they get anything done in that place. They can't even take a shit during well, the day. that's just a Resident Evil problem, right? Like, the mansion made sense because it was built by a psychopath that wanted to have, like, all these hidden yeah. apartments. Yeah. But the, the the police station is like, this door is locked for no reason, and this door is locked for no reason. It's just... Well, yeah. they're they're adding some of the Resident Evil 7 stuff that made... made it's a little silly. I'm, I'm okay with it, but it's a little ridiculous. There is a door that opens, and the only way to get the door open is you have to get access to the knife first, just like in Resident Evil 7 because the box that you open up and hit the button on is taped shut. <laughs> it's taped. Just pull the tape off, man. <laughs> Just, Jesus. These Japanese game developers, you couldn't you couldn't have a lock on it and I get a key? You couldn't yeah, do that? I mean, it's just, you know, video game mechanics. There's certain doors you come across where they're locked. They just want a door there for decoration. It's like, uh, the door handle's broken. Yeah. So you'll just never get into it. It's like, kick it down. Kick like, it what's down. the problem? Yeah. Throw your shoulder into it. Like, after you beat the game, you get a rocket launcher to shoot the rocket launcher. Even if you don't do that, you have a grenade launcher. You're telling me none of this stuff? None of this stuff can break down a door. So, yeah, it's yeah. a bit silly, but that's how they, it, you know, maintain the gameplay where it's like a giant puzzle box that you kind of backtrack through and unlock and unwind. And Yeah. I'm just, you know, 
See, I don't have a real problem with it. I just think it's funny that you have to cut through tape instead of peeling it off. Yeah. Rookie cop Leon. Oh no, it's taped shut. What do I do? I'll drive a car into it. <laughs> yeah, you better give up, I guess. I mean, yeah, they go the other way. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> one of the, one of the main reasons I, I pre-ordered was that you get a few extra costumes and extra guns and stuff, but you can also swap out the new soundtrack for the original soundtrack. Oh. So if you want to play the new Resident Evil with the old soundtrack, like if you're nostalgic like I am. I heard that the the new one also has a lot of sounds playing in the background. Like there's a lot of ambient stuff that's going on. The guy that the guy that did the demo said that he was walking through a dark hallway and there's all these sounds happening and you don't every time there's a sound like a creak or anything like that, you just turn it and put in Leon's torchlight on it. So what is that? Yeah. What is that? And, you know, they used to give you that claustrophobic feeling by having the fixed camera angles and stuff, but now they just lower the FOV, I guess, and put you in tight corridors, and it kind of accomplishes the same thing, and especially, like, when you get bit by a zombie. It, like, zooms in so that all you can see is your face and the zombie's face. And, it's you know, when you get great. bit, you push them off, it spins you around a little bit, so you're a little disoriented. So, yeah. you know, people always thought, like, well, how are these, how are regular zombies going to be a threat? You know, you had to bring in the, the Plagas from well, they get Resident Evil 4. Fast. Oh, yeah, they get on you fast. They don't die in one headshot, which, you know, eh. on one yeah, hand, I don't I don't, I like I don't like the realism aspect of that. Is I guess it's as realistic as it can get when you're talking about zombies. But on the other hand, it would be real easy if you could just one-shot headshot anything. So, I don't know. True. I mean. But I'm just glad we have zombies in a modern Resident Evil game again. Because Resident Evil 4, they go out of your way to tell you it's not a zombie. The first guy you kill, you check him. Well, it's yeah, not a zombie. they want them to use guns and weapons. They want yeah. it to be a thing. Same thing in Resident Evil 5 after you kill the first one. Uh, I've never seen a zombie like this before. <laughs> so you go from old, old style with zombies to new style with no zombies to, okay, we'll throw zombies in for one third of Resident Evil 6. But the downside to that is it's Resident Evil 6. So <laughs> it kind of sucks. It's going to be great. We're going to go through our horror month playing games like Dead Space, and then we're going to get into November and start playing around with uh, Resident Evil, take a short break to do Fallout 76 and do more Resident Evil all yeah. through December until January where we'll finally play Resident Evil 2. I mean, plan ahead because it comes out January 25th, which is um, Friday, I think. Let me yeah. check. Oh, we got a plan. It's January twenty fifth. Yeah, it's a Friday. It's my birthday. Up, my birthday is that Sunday, the twenty seventh. It's all based off time to beat. So I am taking the twenty fifth and the twenty eighth off of work. So I will be playing Resident Evil to remake minute one on the twenty fifth, <laughs> and I probably won't sleep for that weekend. That'd That's my huge. birthday plan. That'd yeah, it's gonna be great. <laughs> I haven't done that like since I was like fifteen. Make me a sandwich. It's your birthday. Don't you want birthday sex? No. I'm playing Resident Evil 2 Remake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Leon. <laughs> yeah, so that's right. the plan for that. Be sure to stop into the stream, everyone, listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to uh, Fortnite and BR Whoa. games. Just to, because I, I want to get this out there that I am not a fan of BR games at all. It's my, particularly it's my favorite. It's my favorite. <laughs> I, yeah, I am well, looking forward to the Battlefield Five version because I want to see what that's about. But um, yeah, there's this uh, PC Gamer article. Well, yeah, hold on, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> okay, here's your problem with BR games. Um, 
They're too simplistic. I think at least the current ones. It's just there's there's nothing to it. They sell you a whole game on the concept of like you drop in, you pick up some loot, you shoot some people, you die or you make it to the end and you win and that's it. Game over. You don't win anything is a big issue, right? Like if you get a chicken dinner like in in it's called PUBG. In PUBG you get if you get a chicken dinner, you get extra points. That's it. You don't actually get anything. Yeah. There's no incentive to win. Well, you Same get clothes. Fortnite. You get you, you get a loot box. Like, yeah, you might get you clothes. Can, you can get that stuff just playing the game and sucking at it. You don't yeah. need just, to get it. Like, you a don't have to take it as much. That's that's the real reward is you don't have to play the game as much. Yeah. To get the shit you want. I was talking to my wife recently about this. And I, I got no problem with little kids coming into video gaming. That's always been a thing. I understand. I'm not like it's an old man. It's not just kids, like, though. Me. I know, I I know that to a degree, but there, most of it's children. Like half of the gaming community right now are kids, uh, if not more. And you know, it goes to like YouTubers and stuff. Most of YouTube is. I I used to watch people play Minecraft back in the day, and it would be people that were funny. Like I'd watch them play Minecraft, and they were funny people, and they made they made it enjoyable to watch because it's like putting a comedian in a scenario, you know, it's like comedians in cars, you know, you're trying to put a comedian in a scenario to create comedy. You know, the Japanese do this all the time with like uh, variety shows. They'll take comedians and put them in situations where they got to compete against each other. And it turns out to be funny because they're not just normal people. They're comedian. You know, you, you watch a game show where it's just normal people. Yeah. Yeah, you well, now you got show where everyone and their mother playing Fortnite. So, but nowadays I catch my, sometimes my niece will be watching YouTube or something and she's young. She's like nine or something. And it's just there. She's watching Minecraft, but it's the person playing isn't funny. It's, it's just some, some lady and she's just being, she's talking like she's talking to a toddler. Like she's dangling keys in front of them. Oh my God, look at this. This puppy <laughs> is great. This, look at this chicken over here. Oh my God, come over here and look at my chickens. My chicken pit is so good. Look at that. Isn't that cute? Oh my God, I want to I want to build a fence that's 10 times higher than this. I don't know, I don't it's just it loud and obnoxious because she knows I, her audience. I already is hate her vicariously through your impression. So she knows her audience is children and Twitch is starting to get like this too. Like the top games on Twitch are Fortnite, and it used to be League of Legends, and that's because it's it's it does what children want. It's just attention, attention. Hey, look over here. Hey, right here. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's free to play. It, there's no complexity to it. Like just like that girl, there's no complexity to her. She's just looking at stuff in Minecraft and saying, "This is my this, and this is my that." There's no comedy. There's no complexity. You don't have to understand a joke or get it. It's just waving things in front of your face and that's what Fortnite is it's what league of legends used to be before Fortnite came along and, and took well, it over. I, I dislike Fortnite and i dislike PUBG for different reasons PUBG i don't like because it's not consistent you know like i don't mind losing to skill because you know if it was all up to skill i'd never lose because i'm the best but <laughs> <laughs> the problem with PUBG is there's countless times we're like wow that guy just shot me with a shotgun oh no wait it was a it was an smg just all the bullets arrived at once you know, and it's happened the other way around, too, where I see someone come around a corner and just stand there while they get blasted in the face. And uh, it's it's because it's an indie game from Korea with no, like, actual netcode, I guess. 
I mean, I don't uh, know what the problem is. I don't is. know, man, because every every BR game that has existed has had this problem with hit detection. It's every just I think there's too many people in the server. Like it maybe be, EA will be able be to handle issue. it with Battlefield Five, but that might be the issue. Is it's too many people on a server? I I don't know. It might just be people that can't program hit detection. I also don't like how in in PUBG you're constantly running from the circle. It's like it's it, the circle is not meant to be the enemy. It's meant to bring you towards your enemies. And you're constantly just going to endless houses and stuff. I just find nothing but pistols and shoes. You know, like, why is there even clothing available to pick up? I, it doesn't make any sense to me. There's, It's too much luck involved with what loot you get at the beginning. And I think, but yeah, it's probably the worst of them, honestly. I, I think Fortnite is better than PUBG. Yeah, but Fortnite, in, in unfortunately, has the buildings. Right. In almost every respect, Fortnite is better than PUBG. The only one it's not better in is the way it looks and the way the guns feel, because the guns feel realistic and fun to shoot. The guns feel yeah. fun to shoot when they work. Yeah, when they in, work, they in feel PUBG. good. <laughs> uh, Fortnite feels like an arcade game, and I, I don't want arcade, man. I, I mean, I'm okay with the style. I hate the building. I think it's cheap that it's like the skill involved with Fortnite involves yeah, muscle building. memory on how to build a wall behind you really fast. I mean, you were there when I finally had my final straw with Fortnite. I, we all yeah. landed. I got a good weapon. I heard this guy running around. I snuck up behind him. I shot him like three times in the head, and he's like, what's that? And before I knew it, there's a fucking tower of wood. Uh, that sounded dirty. There's, <laughs> and there's just a people building in front of me. It, people defend it with dumb things like, just shoot it. Just can't destroy it. How about you just fuck off and not put building in the game? Yeah. How about that? How about different game modes? What happened to game modes? You go play a game like Battlefield, there's like eight different game modes. If you don't like Rush, you can play Conquest. I don't like the mode in Fortnite where there's building. How about a mode where there's not building? There's enough yeah. people playing the damn game. And then yeah, we'll they're always bragging about how much really money they're building. making. So half a billion dollars are up to now off a free-to-play game? Holy crap. So Fortnite took the worst part about PUBG and made it even worse, which is the not just the randomness. Like, certainly Fortnite does better with loot, but I'm talking about specifically the camping. They made it oh, where you yeah. can camp anywhere at any time. Because in, in PUBG, people go sit in buildings and hide, and they use the building to their advantage. In Fortnite, you can just make the building, man. You can just yeah, build and that's the what happened and at the, the first official Fortnite competition. So nicely, nicely brought back around to this PC Gamer article. It was a total disaster. I'm not going to go into the you know whole thing and read it for you, but uh, yeah, it was basically a camp fest because it turns out when money's on the line, people want to win, and the way you win at that game is by camping. Yeah, the shit you see Shroud and Dr. Disrespect do all the time when they play these games. They're trying to be above everybody else because they're streaming the game. There's there's hundreds, of, maybe there's thousands and thousands of people streaming the game on Twitch, and they got to separate themselves. So what do they do? They try to get high kill numbers when and win the game at the same time, which is definitely doable. But it's not a way to determine who's the best because... So in a tournament environment, let's say like a fighting tournament, you play, you don't play everybody, but you play everybody by proxy. So, for example, uh, this guy over here plays this guy, and they play a best of three, and they go on, right? Boom. Then you play this guy and play a best of three, and you go on. Now you play this guy who already bested this dude. So you don't need to play this dude because they played a best of three. So there's no question who was the best among them. 
it doesn't happen like that in a BR game. In a BR game, it's, hey, this guy played a best of one, and then in the next match, he's going to play a best of one against somebody else. He's never going to probably see that guy again for the second time in a row. How, yeah. You very rarely see the same top players fighting against each, against each other in these tournaments. Well, also, same they didn't take kills into account. Like, the only way you can win is if you won and, you know, whatever, the chicken dinner of Fortnite, whatever they call it. Victory well, this Royale. Is ultimate, this is a big problem with BR is that they keep, they're trying to make it an eSport. It's not an eSport. Yeah, it's not good for eSports because it's it turns out that the most effective way to win and the most fun and entertaining way to play are two completely different play styles. Exactly. So people look at this game when people are just fucking around. Like, oh, yeah, look at all the action and then rocket launchers and building well, hell, shit. Fort Fortnite got popular because Ninja would do ridiculous plays that he would never try in a tournament. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know why. they got to come up with a different rule set or, or something. It's smaller map, less people. That's it. 20 people on a small map. Think about, like, you think about, like, PUBG when you, you drop in on the military base. Take that section of the map and you drop 20 people on it and slowly start shrinking it. Yeah. Well, that's why that, I kind of like Islands right. of Nine. Like, I haven't been playing it very much. But, first of all, it's a first-person shooter that feels like a first-person shooter. Um, you're never clamoring for loot. If you land in one of the many, you know, named places on the map, you'll have your choice of pretty much any weapon you want. Um, the, the gunplay feels good. It's responsive. When you get shot, the bullet doesn't sound like it's coming from your left, but you're really getting shot in your ass from the right. I mean, there's a lot of good things that game does right. So if you guys are looking for a good BR game, Islands of Nine, without all the bullshit. There's no building, so that's good. But I guarantee, I can tell you right now, the popularity of BR has nothing to do with anything other than accessibility and simplicity. There's no complexity to it. And the least complex a game is, the worse it is for an eSport. It's the uh, it's the deathmatch of the modern age. Like, But I don't know why people... Yeah. If you if you want to run around an arena and just kill people and not camp all day, why not just play a game that has a deathmatch mode? You know? I don't... Absolutely. I don't get it. I, I, like, I play those games because I want to shoot people. But when I end up playing them, you know, it's like... I'm in a building and hiding because guess what? I don't need to move. I'll let everyone else kill each other. I don't That's know. all I it gotta just, say about that. It just takes too long. <laughs> it's not. I don't like BR games. I'm just not a fan of them because I don't think they've been done right. Yeah, not, well, I'm still holding out. The good thing about Battlefield Five is even if they do it wrong, there's still the rest of Battlefield Five. Exactly. <laughs> I, and, and it's not going to be. I mean, hopefully, it's not going to be Battlefield BR in a different game. Hopefully, it's going to be a mode. Battlefield. I'm sure, it will be. They've never. Why would they separate it? Yeah, I don't know why they would separate it. I'm saying hopefully. I don't know. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> fuck Fortnite. Fuck uh, moving on. This is going to be short. Uh, Shenmue 1 and 2 just came out for PC. So when we yeah, have time, never, we should play those. Never played them. So, yeah. It's like Yakuza, I like Yakuza but slower. I like Yakuza Zero. <laughs> the, I liked Yakuza Zero. The only problem I had with Yakuza Zero, and which I. I that doesn't mean I don't want to finish it. The only problem I had with it is there's not enough combat and too much walkie-talkie. Well, you then you I mean? might not like Shenmue because <laughs> there's less combat and more walkie-talkie. But uh, the area is a lot smaller. I don't so, know. I've got a I've got a jonesing for uh, old school games right now, so maybe that'll get me through it. I mean, Shenmue is not the game you run run through. I mean, you still get the occasional encounters where you have to fight people, and it's like the same kind of deal as Yakuza, where it kind of goes into a screen, and it's like, all right, now you're in fight mode. You can't just fight anyone on the street well, like it's Grand Theft Auto. Shenmue 3 doesn't even come out till the end of next year, right? 
Uh, yeah, it's like almost exactly Might a year. Might as well wait to play that stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, this is probably going to happen either before Middle Resident Evil when I get really, really bored or afterwards. Be, it'll probably be after Resident Evil because there's a lot of stuff to play before Resident Evil. Yeah. So, I mean, really, the the, the appeal Battle of Shenmue is the story. I guess the characters, if you're into that, the the awkward Japanese-ness of it, and the nostalgia. Because it takes place in 1986, so, like, he'll walk up to a, uh, like, one of those gumball machines, but it has a bunch of, like, Sonic toys or Virtua Fighter toys. It's, like, all kinds of Sega IP little figures and stuff that you can collect. And <laughs> his mannerisms are so wooden and shit, and he's constantly, like, talking to himself. It's It's really funny. Classic Japanese stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The game that invented weeaboos. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Shenmue. But it's definitely a good game if you have the patience for it. I don't know how good of a game it's going to be to stream, but I figure anyone, anyone who's going to be watching Shenmue knows what they're in for anyway, so they'll be okay with yeah. long periods yeah. of not fighting people. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, the community that loves that game, they like the snarkiness of the, like how it's not constant combat and stuff. You know, that's that's what they're there for is exactly what Shinmu is. I mean, there's literally a part of the game where you get a job driving a forklift. <laughs> so uh, we got to play Sleeping Dogs. There's this thing that you can yeah. do in Sleeping Dogs where you can hold the door open so that you can jump out onto the back of another car. That's like a mechanic in the game. So you can just drive around with the door held open. Okay. <laughs> I think I remember uh, that, yeah. And there's this song in the game. They got that song and they... <laughs> <laughs> so every time that song comes on in that game, I drive around with my door wide open. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? is You can actually dress up like Ryu Hazuki from Shenmue in that game. <laughs> so I just role play him like Real the later years. I think we're gonna play <laughs> the that hard and criminal Shinmu one and two. We'll do that and then go into Shinmu one and two. It'll be a okay. great little stint. I, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it, but it might. I'm just saying, it might be tough for you coming from Yakuza and Sleeping Dogs to Shenmu. It's kind of a a slow burn that game. Yeah, we'll see. All right, well, let's uh, let's continue on and talk about Destiny 2. So we played Destiny 2 for, what, six months straight? Played nothing but Destiny eight, 2? It was eight months. Was it? It was eight months. No, because eight months we would have been now. It it'll Well, no, it'll be 12 months in October. It came out in December 2016. Yeah, but we got it when it came out on PC, which no, was October. I'm sorry. Yeah, it came out in October 2016. I think we played it for six months solid and then we started moving away from it for a month or two before we gave up so yeah oh well, my god there's so much wrong september yeah october <clears throat> it came out october 2017 how many people did we run through that raid that one when did raid we stop may or something like that wait like stop playing exclusively destiny or stop yeah. playing it completely i think we stopped in may Completely. I think May was the last time we played it, and then yeah. we stopped playing it exclusively in March, maybe? No, because it was before I started my new job. It was May. Whatever. It was, it was four four to six months. Unimportant. Four to six months we played we nothing. We planned on playing it for a year straight. 
Yeah, try to drum up them Twitch numbers, but and couldn't we played do it. nothing. We played nothing but that game, and it was it was fun. There were fun times to be had. Ran a bunch of mouth breathers through the raid. Uh, <laughs> God, <laughs> I'm so torn on this right now because I I know Forsaken's going to be good. I'm capable of looking. At I don't know how you could possibly know that. Well, Hold on. I, I'm capable of looking at what they plan on putting in the game. And if they come through and put all of that in the game, I know it's going to be good. But will because, they? And That's here's the, the reason why. We played Destiny, and when it was fresh with new content, every time there was new content, it was fun. Like, leveling up in Destiny was always fun when there was new content. That only happened once, though. Uh, but they're adding new powers and all of this stuff and that's that's exactly what you're supposed to have in an expansion is not just new levels but new powers, new weapons, all this all this cool stuff. The story looks interesting, but I can't trust that Bungie's going to deliver on everything they say they're going to deliver on to justify purchasing the game at full price at launch. I can't do that. I yeah, can't especially do it. after what they did, like they kept saying that stuff was coming and then pushing it back and like, oh, but guess what? Now it's behind this paywall. But the shiciest thing they did, and I've said this before, they just is they, the they come out with the expansion pass and it's called the expansion pass. And the assumption is that you will get all the expansions, right? So yeah, I get paying for Forsaken, but all the extra shit, the fucking year two pass, fuck that. Like you can't go, you have to call it a year one pass if you have a, a year two pass. You can't have yeah. the expansion pass and then the year two pass. Yeah, so they don't get right. they don't get another fucking dime out of me. And it, until... and it shows you that they didn't plan to do that. Of course not. But and they're running out of money because people keep leaving their game. What's what's worse about it? What's worse about it is it's it's a pun, it's a jab to the people that stuck around through all their bullshit. That's really what's worse about it. It's not it's not that it costs money. I have the money. That's not the problem. It's not that I'm it's a matter of and don't want to pay them money. It's a principled matter here where people like us stuck stuck around when they weren't keeping promises and when the game was shit. And they knew it was shit. They even came out and said, oh, guys, we're coming back with sandbox and stuff and all this thing. We, we know that you have problems and we're, we're fixing them. And then they say, hey, we're going to fix them, but it's going to be in this expansion and you got to pay money for it. I would even be okay with paying like 20 bucks for Forsaken and then everything else down the road is still part of the expansion path. Yeah, which is what it should be. And a lot of it is probably that people were bitching about Eververse, which I never had a problem with. But yeah, this is the result of them demonetizing basically Eververse is now you're going to pay for expansions. That's another reason why I'm torn because partially it's not Bungie's fault. Partially it's the fucking shitty player base that complained about Eververse and created this situation to some degree. And you know... The first expansion pass was shit. It's yeah, it was it's real like bad. Two little DLCs that they called expansions at the time, but they now call them DLCs. That didn't add anything. There was some leveling and like Mercury is a joke. Yeah, it's a joke of what a. What was that even? One event, one heroic event, one public event that can, and then like a dungeon that's supposed to be endless but wasn't. It was just. That you could skip. You could just run to the end. You could just run through everything. And then they came out with an... The last DLC was better than that one. And it felt great because it was better than that one. But it was still just bullshit. 
it was still this weird like they did the time gating stuff and just oh my god yeah they, man. there's not enough content for them there's to time not enough gate content stuff. for them to time gate absolutely at least with blizzard and world of warcraft there's a ton of stuff to do in bfa right now so they can get away with time gating things and when they release stuff tuesday it's going to compound that if you haven't been playing every single day like we have it's going to compound that and make it feel like there's even more stuff to do so they can absolutely time gate but bungie cannot do that because they have no content <laughs> like they just came out with prestige for the first raid layer i yeah. don't understand which was how supposed to come out like what, okay with that. three months ago was what was they originally said out, yeah three months ago and it's a shame because the game plays so well well except for the well, pvp but we'll get well to that. i'm not fuck pvp i don't <laughs> care about pvp and i hate that it's forced on me that i have to do pvp to get a mile well, yeah but i mean i don't mind pvp in shooting games in general but they, yeah. it's the only thing field. to do after after a certain point of doing everything in Destiny Two, like it's that's the, the only thing, thing you do. could that's the only thing you could do. I mean, you could do raids, but then you get our people together, and make sure they're all there at the same time. But you can just jump into which PvP is probably the most want. fun, by the way, in the game when you get people together and do the raids. Well, when they're competent, the most fun we had, except yeah, for when yeah, we did yeah. toxic carries. Toxic carries was great. toxic carries was great, <laughs> and and having people that knew what they were doing, even if they made a mistake here and there, it was really fun. Like even even up to the end, playing those last couple weeks. With squid and and uh, other people, <laughs> <laughs> Seth, Seth, yeah, Seth and uh, other people. It was great. <laughs> Guess who was there? I think uh, who? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure there were some other people, and I'm forgetting their names. <laughs> That's okay. They've forgotten about us. <laughs> I'm just messing around. Anyways, <laughs> it was great. It was fun times, and it was made fun by those people. Those people made it great, and you know that's how you do social stuff great in a game. But you know, it's yeah. a it's a it's a tough line to walk because it on one hand, it was really fun doing that stuff, but it was really boring hearing you explain the fights for the seventeenth millionth time. You know, well, like, that's what I mean. In the last weeks, we didn't explain fights. We were going with the same people that we've been doing it with for a while. You know, Monty. Yeah, Kena. and that's fine. Only for the most part, when we were doing raids, it was always new people that needed an explanation. Oh, well, that's how, that's how we were able to run it. Is people were just looking, and I wasn't. I was fine with that. The only problem is it wasn't new shit. It wasn't yeah. new. I mean, the new raided came out right around the time we were quitting. Well, like I didn't complain. It, I like I was willing to sit there and listen to it, but on the anymore. inside, I was kind of dying a little bit. Like my God, again with this. Like it got to the point awesome. where I would just I would just mute myself and bring up a laugh track and just randomly do laugh tracks and rim shots and shit <laughs> when when you were saying stuff that wasn't funny. I wish I had clipped some of it. <laughs> Man. To be fair, though, the raids weren't the fun part. The players were the people we played with. Oh, yeah, the raids fun. were broken. The raids were broken and not really well done. Even the new raid, right when we were were finishing up and being done, they had just brought out the new raid, and everything in that raid revolved around carrying balls around. And it was so lame and not fun or intuitive. Like, I, I'm fine with you having one segment where it's like, carry these balls around and do stuff, but then the next encounter shouldn't be the same damn thing. I mean, Blizzard would never get away with something like this if you fought a boss and those same exact boss mechanics carried over to the next damn boss in the raid. That's and they put out like every single raid that we played had some kind of carry this object to this fucking place or throw this object over here. Every single one of them or touch this object to get a buff. Okay, 
Bungie works for Activision and Blizzard works for Activision. Sure, Blizzard is a larger company, okay, but they have multiple projects they're doing. The World of Warcraft team pumps out raids that have nine bosses in them every six to four, six to eight months, and Bungie puts out uh, a a raid with like four bosses, and the mechanics aren't even different. And Blizzard has to deal with like. 10 to, to 11 different classes with differing abilities, whereas Bungie only has to deal with four, three classes with very similar abilities. So I don't understand why they have such a tough time putting out content in that game. It's so weird. It is so weird to me. Yeah, they have a really slow development cycle for new shit. I, I, I guess it's just lack of manpower. You got too many people working on Destiny 3 or something. I don't know. It's uh, just so weird. I know that the, I, that I, whole uh, what problem. was what was the I, second expansion or DLC called? I don't remember. It was uh, the 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 Brea stuff. It was uh, yeah. So the Brea stuff that was Warmind. all outsourced, by the way. I don't know if you know that. No, I think Warmind. Vicarious Visions yeah, and Raven did, Software they didn't did make it. it. Yeah, they didn't even make it. And crazy, they did a better job in Bungie because they were working on Forsaken, which I'm guaranteeing you was meant to be Destiny Three, but all the backlash made them consider making it an expansion instead. I guarantee you it was made to be Destiny 3 with it, based off how much content's in it. And, what, and that's why the expansion pass is called Year 2 suddenly because they never intended to have multi-year expansion passes. Yeah. It was going to be Destiny 3 and it was going to have a new expansion pass attached to it. And so they decided, oh, we'll just call this Forsaken instead. And that's Partially why I want to play Forsaken, because I know it's technically Destiny 3, and I'm a little nostalgic over stuff, but I can't bring myself to pay full price. and let. I'm, not, I'm just not going to yeah, do it. No I way. It anybody, has to be a perfect storm of that being on sale, is, and we have nothing else to do. And anybody that does so is, uh, I don't know, maybe you like getting fucked in the ass, whatever. That's okay. your thing. Some people think cucumbers taste better pickled. <laughs> Some people <laughs> think dicks are chewy, whatever. Uh <laughs> And let's talk about the Nolan North thing that people are upset about. Okay, oh, I'm not upset. Hey, I don't give a fuck. I mean, people are upset about it. But let, <laughs> let's let's clarify this. Nathan Fillion himself said that he couldn't make it. He couldn't do it. He wasn't available. That's his words. I wasn't available for Cade to do Cade in Forsaken. And if you watch the most recent trailer they put out, Cade talks a lot in the trailer when he's fighting these guys off right before his ghost gets spoiled, popped, and destroyed. Uh, Nolan North does a good job sounding like Nathan Fillion. Uh, I guess he's hung out with him enough that he just knows how he sounds. There are certain times with inflections you can tell it's Nolan North when, once you know that it's Nolan, but there's going to be plenty of people that go through that game not knowing it's Nolan North and they're going to hear it and think... Pretty sure Nathan every North. character in that game is going to be voiced by Nolan North. Eventually, yeah. That's the joke though, right? Just yeah. replace <laughs> everybody with Nolan North. Uh, I do Which like is good. what Nathan um, Fillion said, though. I would love to have a game that covers that follows Cade Six, and you play as Cade Six, and you get to see how he gets to Cade Six, Cades One through Six. You know, that'd be cool. Yeah, and that's I'm glad that I'm I glad that they have a Nolan North character that doesn't sound like you know whatever your ghost sounds like. Is God, that's awful. I'm so tired of hearing man, that man, voice I'm from just, him. I'm. This is another reason why I kind of want to play the game. I'm always into the story of the things that I play, and I like the story of Cade Six. And I think it's interesting. And they even added stuff in the previous game that most you gotta. It's not in your face, obviously, because Bungie's terrible at storytelling. It's like little yeah, it's things true. you have to find when you collect his treasures and stuff. You can read the notes, and it's his diary. 
and he talks about having a wife and son before he was an exo when he was a human and then he became an exo because he died we don't know how that happened but he went through six different yeah, iterations of would himself be nice. yeah there was six different versions of himself and he's on number six and maybe there'll be a Cade seven one day who knows Bungie doesn't seem to be the great storyteller that keeps a character like that killed off. I mean, who are they going to replace him with? He's the Hunter Vanguard. Yeah, well, I mean, I get as like a storytelling device to keep something secret so you can revisit it later, but they don't reveal anything. Like, there's barely a story, like a main story in the game to fill in with backstory. I guarantee you, know? you Cade 6 is not dead, and there will be a Cade 7. Because there's no character to replace him as Hunter. Yeah, well, people, I, people, when it was announced that, like, you know, Cade 6 was dead and that trailer came out and everything, people were like, why? Why Cade 6? It's like, because Bungie needs you to have a, an emotional response to killing off a character, and that's the only good character they have. Yeah, you wouldn't like care. If, if it, yeah, if it was that. anyone else, you wouldn't give a shit. But because it's Cade, it's, it's impactful. Yeah, and they'll probably not kill him off. He'll probably come back somehow. Uh, with a new it. ghost. I mean, that's all they have to do is have a new ghost. That's it. A new ghost finds his body. I mean, that's the whole pur purpose of ghosts anyways. They find dead people on the battlefield and resurrect them because they... Can they even do that yet? Or are we still technically the only ones canonically who can resurrect? They never really clarified that after you beat the game. No, it's it's definitely everybody's got that back now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think it's funny, by the way, that Nathan Fillion also believes that Kate is not dead. And that he'll be resurrected. And he says, quote, because that's what guardians do, right? They die and resurrect. <laughs> yeah. He gets it. <laughs> Which is the worst superpower ever, considering you die so fucking much in that game. <laughs> like, you're, just, like the, you're like the Rocky of superheroes, right? Like, you just get the shit beaten out of you until the well, enemy is eventually so whittled down. Put it your hands so up. bad rock. if Bungie wasn't retarded about it and constantly doing things like... Oh, uh, if if your whole team dies, you get sent back to orbit. Yeah, that was great in Destiny 1. But in Destiny 2, you've emphasized heavily that dying and resurrecting is a constant cycle for Guardian in your gameplay. It doesn't work for raids either. Like, what are you doing? There's a reason why people like the raids and nightfalls of previous Destiny. It's because... You, you could go methodically and slowly because your grenades were powerful and people would save their grenades for like, okay, here comes wave two. Everybody save your grenades. Here we go. Here we go. And grenade out. And then the grenades were just so powerful. They would handle the entire wave. And then you'd be able to go into the next wave that was not as rough as that one because it didn't have, you know, six ogres or some shit. Like, yeah, but everything you have just feels weak as shit. It's weak as shit. You feel like you're really weak and you die a lot. You take less bullets to kill than anything else in the game. So, you know what? I'll play. <laughs> I can't wait to play Destiny 2 Forsaken when it's on sale for under $10 with the entire expansion pack year two included. Yep. So I guess we'll be playing year dollars. two around the time year three comes out for $180. Yeah, fantastic. We'll get on that new. We'll, we'll walk around like the idiots going, hey, we're new here. Run yeah. us through the room. Not making the shit heroic being those yep. guys. Yeah. I didn't know. Great. So, yeah, so the article I got posted here, um, I don't know when this is from, like a month or two ago. Uh, Bungie broke the matchmaking in quick play to where <laughs> yeah, um, instead of being skill-based matchmaking, it was just straight-up random matchmaking. And people liked it better. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah crazy. People were people, though, you know? I don't well, know. <laughs> whoever's left playing though. Destiny 2 PvP. 
But I mean, it makes sense, right? Like you remember, every single game was like a struggle and it was stressful. And yeah, but I mean, like, are the people that like it just the ones that are dominating the low-level players or the? Well, shitty? no, because in every, <laughs> I mean, it should average out so that in every game there'll be people you crush and there'll be people that crush you, right? Well, that's Blizzard's mentality with Overwatch. Well, no, <laughs> they still have matchmaking, skill-based matchmaking. I don't like how quick match and quick play have become synonymous with who gives a fuck about it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I don't like that because it then puts up too much emphasis on the concept of competitive. Like, certainly you can have your competitive separate, but I think I have to take a different stance here and say that quick play should just be about having fun. It shouldn't be about just, you know, mindlessly queuing up to grind out some shit. Yeah, but again, like, I think it would be more fun without the skill-based matchmaking because, like, I'd say I'm pretty good at Crucible. You know, pretty good. So going into quick play, not really giving a fuck, would, would be kind of fun. And I don't have to play, like, I guess the better you are, the smaller the group of players it'll match you with. So I got really fucking tired of seeing the same people in every single game. Yeah. So I don't know if they left it. I don't know how this turned out. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I would prefer we, it that way, too. The most fun, in my opinion, that we ever had in PvP was 2v2. Yep. Well, uh, the problem, God, how, not the problem, one of the many problems with the Crucible is that, A, the time to kill is way too long. Yeah. Way too long. And uh, kind of along the same lines along the same lines as Fortnite, it's not so much about how good you are at shooting or positioning. It's how good you can slide shoot and then fucking crouch spam. That's yeah. really it. I mean, if you I'm can okay slide in and shoot someone and then crouch spam and shoot them in the head a few more times with a hand cannon before they can hit you because you're acting like a spaz machine over there. <laughs> but that stuff doesn't work in 2v2 because, I don't know, maybe with us specifically, we would always team shoot the right person. So we're team shooting a guy that's crouch spanning. doesn't fucking matter if he's crouch spanning. You know, but if some guy comes around a corner in a 4v4 and it's just you and him and he's doing crouch spamming and shit and you're not, you're dead. And what's worse is they're, if their whole team is shooting one person at a time every time, they die. But if your team's like, I'm going to go over this way because I'm random and I never, I don't know you guys, you're just fucked. Yeah. I think team play is my biggest problem with games these days, how they're so emphasized with working together with people you don't fucking yeah, which know. which is fucking stupid because, like, Terrible. you could still, if even if the time to kill was short, you could still like find reasons to do team plays, right? But now, yeah. because the time to kill is so long, you're forced into that play style, which sucks. So all of a sudden, your, your whole list of available strategies has been cut in half because you have to work together as a team. Yep. It's can't ridiculous. go off by yourself, can't flank. I mean, you got the strongest non-power weapon in the game in the form of a hand cannon. Right? The strongest slow-firing hand cannons take three headshots. Three. I mean, look like, how fast it is. You look at a game like Overwatch and you see how fast it is to kill somebody with a Hanzo or how fast it is to kill somebody with a Tracer. If you're good at Tracer and you flank around, you can kill somebody in, like, a second and then get the hell out of there. Yeah. And that's that's why you can flank in that game. You can't flank in Destiny. And anybody that says, oh, I flank all the time in Destiny, you're playing against bad people, Okay. Because well, with all a power it takes weapon, is maybe, four but... people to turn on you and kill you immediately. Yeah, that's it, and you're dead. And now your team has one less guy to team shoot downrange until you respawn. There's no situation. People always make these comparisons like this and that, but you, you're 
you got to apply all the proper variables, man. You can't you can't theory craft on the back of your anecdotes. You have to theory craft on the concepts of what's possible. Oh man, I, I flank people all the time. Yeah, well, that's great that you get queued up against terrible fucking players that never turn to look at you and kill you in an instant. Congratulations to yeah, which you. Which sucks because that kind of run and gun style, that's that's how I like to play first person shooters. And that's how I play Destiny. And that's why like I'll never be top tier at Destiny 2. Because just yeah. fucking team shooting is not fun to me. It's not fun. Yeah, team shooting's not And fun. their solution was to give you more power ammo. Which what, sucks when, because you're what, all people are always just running around with friggin' power yeah. ammo. It's what became it's the problem in Overwatch with all the nerfs as it started to become a team shooting game. Yeah. Only people still don't do it. I mean, how many times have we had to yell out like, shoot the healer. It's like, guys, how come this fucking tank is dying? Because there's a mercy right behind him, you fucking idiot. Shoot the mercy. Yeah. Or especially when like a Pharah comes in and like you're the one fucking hit scan guy. Right? And people are like, could you fucking kill that Pharah? I'm like, no, because I'm only one person. Yeah, I shot I shot her seven times in the head, but she ran away. Go figure, right? And it's like, the same concept. I know I mentioned Overwatch in comparison to Destiny with flankers. You can still have flankers in Destiny in Overwatch because not everybody has the same health pool. So if you take a tracer around the back and shoot a Mercy when they're not paying attention, you can succeed in doing that. Uh, you got to get the hell out of there immediately because they'll turn on you and kill you. Yeah, but and there if are they some characters that can do that. Before you get into position, if you get spotted before you're in position, you're dead. But, but at least characters have different health values, and that. And, and, and titans have the same health values as warlocks and hunters. Well, like, allegedly, but they punch five times as fast and take seven more <laughs> hits to kill. We spent a lot of time on Destiny too. You can tell we're passionate about it. God damn it. Yeah. It's just I the last thing I'll say good. the last thing I'll say about Destiny 2 PvP is that the cheesy fucking strategies really pissed me off. And I mean I used to employ him at the end. Like I used to, you know, have some principles at the beginning and be like, no, I'm gonna play with skill, but towards the end I just didn't give a fuck anymore. So I just put on those feedback fence arms on the Titan mm -hmm. and uh use the uh the purple. <laughs> the purple spec. I don't even remember what they're called anymore. It's how long it's been. So yeah, I would basically run up on people. And then when I can tell that they're about to go melee on me, I'd put my shield up. Right. So they go through my shield and then punch me and die. <laughs> I was like, yeah, skill. Like all I had to yeah. do is run right at you and put a shield down. The so, game yeah. has Disney. so much potential. I really wish they would focus more on PVE and not PVP. And uh, get their head out of their ass. All right, next, uh, we kind of been talking about this intermittently throughout, but Battlefield Five, I'm hyped for it. They sold me on it, so that's why I haven't been watching many videos or um, anything. Yeah, we're not going to talk about the controversy, by the way, of like women in games. Whatever, I don't give a they, shit. they fucking had women in Battlefield like, One. No one complained. I can I understand both sides. Okay, and here's a tip: if you want to be good at argumenting. You got to understand the the your up your opposition's point because if you can't argue your opposition's point, then that means you don't understand it. So what the hell are you arguing against anyway? I can understand that people are upset because Battlefield has typically been historical based, and they're kind of moving away from that to try and be inclusive. I understand that, and if anybody and if you don't understand why I don't understand that, you have to realize that gamers as a culture have been predominantly male for a long time and been called nerds and losers. And then now it's gotten so popular that people have come in from mainstream that never intended to be gamers in the first place. I mean, hell, look at half of the females on Twitch. You can say whatever you want. Most of them are cam girls 
that are coming over just so they can make money. They don't care about playing video games. It's it's obvious in their Instagram posts and shit like that. Certainly there are some actual it's ones. It's obvious in the way that they're going point. live photos are framed. Right. You know? Exactly. Like, hey, why are you cutting off your eyebrows so I can see your tits? That doesn't make sense. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're here to play games, why wouldn't you focus on the game instead of yourself? So you have a group of gamers that have been like that, and you have this is post we live in a post gamergate world where gamers had a problem and i don't give a fuck what your opinion is this is a fact okay gamers for most part the majority of people had a problem with ethics in journalism they had a problem with journalists who that's, were not that's the argument i remember there they had a problem with journalists who weren't doing their and now this is compounded we see it everywhere not just in gaming journalism but regular journalism where people are so quick to get clickbait and they're so quick to get to get the the story out as fast as possible they will collaborate with with parties they shouldn't be collaborating with in gaming for example it's ign or kotaku being in bed not literally but being in bed with you know game developers and giving them good scores because they are afraid that they're going to get that permission revoked which is a fucking thing by the way uh and angry yeah. joe used to talk about this he used to back when i watched him he used to have problems where devs would not give him access to shit because he badmouthed their product and yeah, they have which the is right a to do system. that. It's a shitty system. And the and other part, right of, to do part, that, of the, part of the problem that compounds that is the rating system. Like, say what you want about Angry Joe, but his rating system at least makes sense. Five is average, yeah. right? <laughs> but, like, when does a game... Like, if a game gets below a six on IGN, it's, like, not worth playing or fucking broken. Yeah. Right? So, really, their rating that. system is from seven to ten, and nothing ever gets a ten. So, it's either a seven, eight, or nine. And the most and the of the real, time, and yeah. you know, even if they can't get access to stuff, I understand that's their livelihood. But journalists aren't supposed to just be given access to everything. You know, that goes true in politics, by the way. They're not just given a right to have access to talk to the president or hear what the president has to say. They're supposed to dig. That's their job. You dig. You're a journalist. You're supposed to investigate. You're basically an investigator. Okay. You're supposed to dig for the story. And that's included. If, if Bethesda won't give you access to their, you know, little announcement area where they're going to talk to people, you dig by going through those. Yeah, but I don't get the clicks immediately. Well, that's the fucking crux of the problem. You just explained the problem. It's about clicks more than it is about getting an actual story. And that's on people that read the shit, by the way, not the journalists themselves. That's yeah, well, people that's, wanting that's the that problem nowadays kind of everywhere is that. You know, these people just want to get clicks and they just want to, you know, get the story. And they're afraid that if they say something bad or out of line, they're going to get fucking blacklisted. But that's what journalism used to be about. Like every journalist was a whistleblower. Now it's like a big fucking deal, right? You get fucking extradited and shit. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm not going to go into Gamergate as to what it was, but it was absolutely on its core about ethics and journalism. And just like every argument that's political in nature, you got people on the far extreme left and the far extreme right of that argument that are making points and they're the loudest and everybody in the middle keeps citing the far extreme points. That's not what it's about. It's not about this girl sleeping with that guy and it being a thing. It, it kind of has a little bit to do with that, but this group says it's sexist. This group thinks that uh, women shouldn't be in gaming or some shit. Okay. Those are the extremes and, and you don't argue the extremes. All right. If I want to, if I want to have an argument with you that aliens exist and you start citing the Anunnaki. Okay. You're fucking insane, all right? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue that point with you. If I say, "Hey, uh, I think aliens could exist," then you have people over here going, 
there's no way aliens could exist. And then you have people on the extreme other side going, oh, there's there's aliens. They're the Anunnaki, and yeah, they live on the beer. It's the concept, comes around. It's the concept of uh, Newton's flaming laser sword. I'm not even kidding. That's a thing. It, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's based off it's, of, it's based off of Occam's razor, right? Occam's razor is the simplest answer is usually the truth. Well, Newton's yeah. flaming laser sword is basically saying that if it can't be proven with facts, it's not worth debating. Right. So what are we even talking about, man? So... <laughs> when it comes to this argument with with Battlefield Five and the women in games, it, certainly there are people on some extreme that are like, well, "I don't like women in games because they don't blah, blah blah whatever." Fuck those people. You don't argue with those people. Just like the Anunnaki guys, when you're having the conversation about the aliens, you don't argue with those guys. You argue with the people in the middle that are like, "Well, I think Battlefield's supposed to be more about you know being." realistic there weren't women in those roles at least not to a prominent degree well, how, how russia has you have to females you gotta have them draw sold. a line that's the problem because these same yeah. people that are bitching about realism it's like okay well where do you want to draw the line on realism how about this exactly. how about you get shot in the head and the game deletes itself from your system and you could never play it again <laughs> yeah how's that and for realistic I, exactly, exactly take your fucking was, life seriously instead of just running out there like an idiot right in front people of that head. are arguing that that it's not realistic to have these women also aren't right at all all they're also not right because they're playing a video Video game and and video games are art and battlefield and ea specifically and dice has every right to change whatever the fuck they want but at the same time you have to be able to to empathize with people to some degree and understand that these people are afraid not because there's women in their game they're afraid because they see all this sjw shit going on with diversifying games for the sake of diversity and they're afraid that a game series they love so much is being put to the side like like important shit's being put to the side like story and gameplay and stuff just for the sake of diversity i don't think and that's the case in here though i'm not saying that's the case i'm just know, saying but i'm just saying I, yeah i don't think that's the case at all with battlefield 5 i mean well, from what they not. said they're gonna do and from based on battlefield 1 that i really liked i mean you're talking about realism where the fuck are the fucking war blimps you know <laughs> When did that ever happen in World War One? I? I was like, I'm, we're not going to talk about the controversy. Talk about the controversy. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the thing, I agree with you. I don't think that's really happening in Battlefield Five. I don't think it's a, a diversity situation. I think they just want to do stuff like that. Okay. I, I don't have a problem with it. Certainly some companies are doing that. And, and all I'm saying is that people that like us who don't think that that's happening also have to understand for the position the other people are coming from. They're afraid that it's a diversity situation. I don't think it is. So I, I don't think it's right to start yelling back and forth at each other saying, well, you're just sexist and blah, blah, blah. I think you, people are diminishing the argument. I just wanted to throw that out there. Don't diminish arguments by just insulting people, man. Have a goddamn conversation and try to... You're never going to change people's mind if you just fucking yell that they're stupid. You're an idiot. Well, you changed my mind. I guess I was stupid. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> All right, but let's move beyond that. Battlefield Five, it's gonna be so fucking good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have that new fucking RTX card. I'm gonna put the ray tracing on. It's gonna look, talk about realism. I don't care. I don't care what gender you identify with. In that it's game. so real. I'm looking down and I have tits right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be great because they're doing so many good changes. Battlefield has been stagnant for so long with the same fucking method of four classes and this. And they keep trying to do these changes where they're like, well, now the assault has the medic thing and resurrects people. And I think that was a bad decision to make. And now we have a medic class that's focused on being a medic class once again. But 
you actually everybody can res to handle that problem because i know what they were running into. they were they were running into problems where it was like nobody was playing a medic everybody was playing assault so we don't have any fucking medics well in battlefield one the medics had their own class and their guns are actually really good yeah i'm sorry the medics had it they did have medics in battlefield one it was the battlefield four i was thinking about so in this battlefield everybody can res but the medic can do it better that's that's great and you got really cool systems they're putting in for not just immersion, but tactical shit, like dragging bodies. You can't do that in any other fucking game right now. You can't drag your friend's body to cover and then resurrect him. <laughs> or out of cover, like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Use him as a decoy. Can you do that? Poke so his head up great. with it's a sniper. So great. <laughs> oh, shit, there's a sniper. Let me move your body in a <laughs> Yeah, and that's a, and that's the great thing about Battlefield, man. It's like all these other yeah. fucking team-based games where everyone takes it super seriously. Like Battlefield, there's so many people that you can go in lone wolf, like I do most of the time, and just snipe because yeah. I lo I love the sniping mechanics in Battlefield. Or you can get a couple people together, join a squad, and actually try to make shit happen. And however you want to play it, you can play it. And the people who bitch are usually, you know, out of the 64 people in a game. Maybe five or six of them are using chat, and maybe one or two of them are bitching. But you know what? You just fucking ignore them. That's how that works. That's and no true. one cares. It's great. I you have, just go I in and have fun. I have complained in the past, but one of the only complaints I really have about Battlefield is the lone wanderer. You know, the guy that's on the other team that sweeps all the way around and kills you and then dies and gets nothing done. That's yeah. less about Battlefield, and that's more about the mentality of the people that play Battlefield sometimes, is that I'll just respawn uh, there's nothing you can do about it except play slower. And you know what? This battlefield, I'm going to make a point of playing slower. Usually in battlefield, I try to sprint around and play it like it's arcadey. I'm going to slow down in this battlefield. And supposedly, that's a good thing because they've added a lot of like animations that are tactile that you don't see on your character, but other people see. So it's supposed to immerse, immerse you better. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I want to do that. I just hope, I just hope that they finally made it. And this is a problem they always have, and it's my biggest complaint about Battlefield. I hope they finally made it to where vehicles aren't so goddamn overpowered. Yes, that's, that's definitely the worst part about Battlefield. God. Like, honestly, if I could just have a perfect game mode, it would be like half the size of a Conquest map, no no vehicles, 32 people. Now here's what I want. But unfortunately, yeah. the only thing you have close to that is Team Deathmatch, which is way too small. You don't get the snipe, really. I mean, you kind of did in Battlefield 4. Here's Battlefield what I want. 1, and not maybe so it's much. not possible. Maybe it's not possible. Maybe it is. I don't know if the technology is cap capable of that. What I want is to throw a sticky grenade onto a fucking tank and a hold blow into it, and now I can shoot the motherfucker piloting it. You know what I mean? That's what I want. Revolution! <laughs> Modolution. <laughs> Yeah, we've talked about this before. Take it further. I wish that you could shoot someone in the arm and they can't use that fucking arm anymore, right? Like, their gun is really yeah. inaccurate. You shoot them in the leg, they can't great, move as but fast. Just specifically talking about vehicles, it needs to... When, it, and if you can't do that, it needs to at least be that vehicles blow up easier. That's, that's all I'm saying. You know, d take away the repairing shit from inside. That's bullshit, okay? If there's a guy repairing... There used to be the good old days in Battlefield where a guy would be repairing a tank and you'd come around and just fucking stab his ass. And be like, yeah, what's up, bitch? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it really is like one of the things they added in previous Battlefields where you did enough damage to a tank, its treads would fall off and it couldn't move. So it just became like a gun emplacement for a little bit until you completed the job. It was called immobilization. It's still in the game, but you can repair now <laughs> while just sitting still as a tank and it just undoes that and fixes the treads. I think if a treads get blown off of a tank, if a tank gets pushed to half health, and this is cool because they're kind of 
moving towards this with the health percentages. Now your health isn't just one bar, it's segmented. And you only heal up a certain amount unless you get a medic. Well, do that to the tanks. If the tank gets below half health, it can't get treads back no matter what. Like it just, you're never going to fix, you're never going to be in a battlefield and put treads back on a goddamn tank until you've completely demolished the enemy and then go back to the tank. That's yeah, just, well, they also need to give happen. every class some kind of way that they can take on vehicles because Sticky like grenades from battlefield one was a great yeah well i mean concept. they kind of did that with battlefield they one only stronger way <laughs> stronger and like as because i played sniper a lot you know i had my k bullets but that does like two damage right really nothing, the yeah. only thing it's really good for is interrupting the healing process honestly k bullets should be able to armor pierce and kill the guy inside i think <laughs> they do sometimes but it's really like random well like, you gotta I know. know where they're sitting i guess I don't know if that's it or like I, I don't know. I've I know I've done it before somehow. I don't know if they were just really low health and they took damage when the tank got hit and then they died. I uh, I don't know. But they they got to stop because a lot of people don't play in squads, right? Like they're not going to fucking group up and tactically take down a tank. They're just going to keep throwing their bodies at it with whatever they have until the tank blows up. I can't believe there's not a system in the game where you jump on top of a fucking tank, open the door and throw a grenade in it. Yeah, I can't believe even that would be fine. Uh, that would be fantastic. And and as for being a scout and dealing with tanks, I agree. Scouts need everybody should have a weapon that's capable of at least doing enough damage to disable a tank in one or two throws. Because a tank just obliterates you in one hit, and you got to yeah. be close to get a grenade off. And if you're a, if you're a scout and a tank rolls up on you, you're sitting here with your thumb up your ass, waiting, hiding, not doing anything, being useless to the team while you wait for somebody to play an engineer. And I know people are like, just change the engineer. You got to die to do that. You know, it's not. And it's even not then, even you, with the uh, sacrificing tickets, every it wasn't time an engineer. Die. I don't think it was a, in Battlefield One. It was a scout or not a scout? Uh, like the assault, I think had like the tank killer shit. But even then, right, you get the anti-tank gun, and you got to go prone, and you still have to shoot it, like, four times. I don't think you even have enough ammo when you start out to take yeah, out no, a tank with what you have. Not. So you have to get the light grenade, the heavy grenade, and hits. the anti-tank gun just to take out a fucking tank. It shouldn't take that many hits. You're right. Absolutely, it shouldn't. I mean, and here's the thing. For people that have a problem with this shit, tanks aren't supposed to be things you just drive up into a middle of a damn battalion and start killing people and murdering them. That never happens in war and has never happened in war. Tanks roll in groups of battalions themselves and they deal with other tanks and they provide cover for infantry units. They don't just drive up into the enemy's stronghold and start blasting shit and live forever. That's not a thing. Yeah. Tank, and, and if you made tanks die quicker, people would play with them more like in a smarter fashion by creeping up slowly and using fact, it as artillery. It's the opposite, because if you sit on a hill from a distance and try to snipe people with a tank, you'll get fucking bitched at to no end. Absolutely. Roll that tank in there and start capturing, man. So, I mean, I'm not a fan of the vehicles. They definitely need to update them and do a better job at them, and I, I hope some things change with I mean, I don't think it was quite as bad as Battlefield 4, where, like, fucking airplanes would just take out infantry like it was nothing, <laughs> and there's nothing you could do about it. Yeah. That's awful. The helicopters were awful. So Battlefield 1 at least did something a little bit better, but just too many vehicles all around. Yeah. Or, I mean, have a fixed number of vehicles per game. You want to roll all your fucking vehicles out in there immediately and they all get blown up? Well, tough titties, you know? No more tanks mm. for you. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for it. It's going to be great. Either way, it's going to be a good experience because there's going to be changes in the right direction at least. 
Yeah, and I'm just looking forward to unlocking all the weapons again. Like, I know that people fucking hate that, but I like the progress. It gives me something to work for, so. It's World War II, my dude, and I fucking love me, my Lee Enfield, and my fucking... M1. Oh, my God. It's the M1 carbine. The Grand. Oh, the oh. Grand, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so excited to hear that. I, I am going to miss the Martini Henry a little bit, but I'm yeah. sure they'll have something similar. Plink, 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 man. Oh. So good. Gonna be great. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for gaming talk. Uh, any movies, comics, general topics? Anything? You got? No. You got anything to say? <laughs> I'm finally gonna be watching Deadpool two, the super duper version tonight. So. Yeah, I watched. Uh, I, I spoiled myself back when it came out on just who gets axed in uh, Avengers: Infinity War, and I finally watched it last night with the wife and. It's a really good movie. I love what they did with Thanos, making him like a good person. The guy's a good person. People don't realize he's a good person. They talk about it a lot in the movie, where the stones actually kind of have a, a cognizance to them, and they kind of pick people and t determine whether you're worthy or not. Yeah, Thanos and is the hero, Thanos, really. He's worthy. He's <laughs> certainly it's kind of a moral bad thing when people talk about it. people have this thing where they're like he wants to kill half the universe that's oh, he wants to wrong. save half the universe <laughs> but for example he talks about uh he talks about the thing where like he shows up to a planet the planet gomora uh not the not the one gomora's on sorry the the his his planet of titan he talks about and it that's com that's kind of like relegated with gomora's planet in the in the film he he talks to her and she's upset and he's like, well, look at your planet now. It's a it's a paradise, right? But then you see his planet by contrast later on in the film, or maybe you see it before that. I don't remember. Uh, I think he gets the soul stone. Yeah, he gets the soul stone before that. So, so afterwards, he shows up on Titan and talks to them about Titan and uses the reality stone to show them what it used to look like. And he tells them about how he went to his own people with a plan and told them about using a lottery system to eliminate half the population because they're running out of resources and the planet is dying and it's fair because it doesn't pick it's not just wealthy people and scientists that live it's it's fair to the poor and the rich altogether and they didn't listen to him so instead of half the population dying all of them died <laughs> yeah well that's the that's a good all villain dead. good villains are morally gray right like you could yeah, see where absolutely. they're coming from absolutely and people People on the uh, people have this thing where they look at that and they go, "That's evil to want to kill half the population." Well, maybe he's not doing it for fun. It's a maybe sacrifice you're evil because you wanted the whole population to die because that's the end. The end result. Well, also, like, that's it's, the real it's apparent. It's very apparent in that movie that he's not a psychopath, right? Like he yeah, feels definitely. really bad about having to kill Gamora and shit. And oh yeah, it really hurts him. I mean, he sees her as a daughter, and she doesn't realize that. Like it's so great that she doesn't realize. I even called it out like when it's happening. Like she doesn't know. She thinks that he doesn't love anything. She's going to say that. And sure enough, you don't love anything. <laughs> Wrong. Oh my God, you're so smart. You should write a movie. <laughs> Listen, I'm good at stories, okay? <laughs> Here's what I like to do. I like to spoil myself on movies and then call everything as my wife and I are watching the movie. What? No, <laughs> listen, I didn't, know, I didn't know that Gamora dies. I just knew who disappeared in the, the ass shit. I watched that scene. Yeah. I didn't know that Gamora, like Gamora straight up dies. And you know what I'm really worried about is that they're going to do part two. And I told my wife, this is why they did it as they didn't call it part one. And they were originally going to call it part one, but this is why they didn't do it. Is this reason right here. They want you to think that the moment where vision gets destroyed and exploded, 
they want you to think that this is like any other movie where the villain almost makes it right but then there's that segment where he turns back time and just takes it anyways and does the snap yeah that's why they didn't call it part one after all uh, Which, but I mean, come on, the, the fucking so meta worried. of this movie—they've already announced Doctor Strange two and like Spider-Man so movie. Thing. So I mean, right. everyone here's knows the, that they're not dead for here's good. The Vision deal, might though. be. Here's the situation: the gauntlet is still on his hand. It may be damaged, but it's still power. It still has power. He still uses it to teleport. It's still on his hand. My thesis is that they're gonna somehow manage to get him to come around and snap to undo it, because only he can wield the gauntlet. I don't know. I think it might be he some kind of Doctor Strange it. time travel shit again. I don't think so. He he doesn't have the stone. Well, the maybe he does. Maybe gun. he had a different stone. Like when he manifests the stone in his hand to give it to him, maybe that one came from the future. You know? I don't think so. I think <laughs> I think he saw the one where they succeed, and it's by getting Thanos to come around. That's why they have him. That's the only reason why they would make Thanos be so, like, capable of understanding and shit. I think I think he's going to I think it's going to show that it doesn't work to some degree like his plan doesn't also doesn't work. But then it's going to play off this idea. So in Watchmen they did something like this, right? Uh, in Watchmen Oh god, great Dr. movie. Ma great yeah, fucking Dr. movie. Dr. Manhattan is talking about how nothing matters, you know, he's got her on Mars and he's he's got his little clock tower thing there and she's talking and he's given this whole thing about how he won't, she won't see it from his perspective, how, you know, how much better could Mars be with a shopping mall on it and all this stuff. And she starts going on about stuff and she's like, she lets him go far enough in the memory. She's every time that he's tried to show her shit, he thinks he's showing her something. But what he doesn't realize is that she has something to show to him. And he doesn't understand that because she always pulls back because she's afraid. And she finally allows it to happen. And he's seen the future. It'll end with her in tears, and it's true. But he finds out that the comedian... She finds out that the comedian is her father who tried to rape her mother, and then her mother went back and and ended up try having a kid with the comedian. And it was, it was this love that they had. They had developed love for each other despite how dark it was. And Manhattan has this moment of epiphany where he's like, out of all this terrible shit, you come into existence. And that, and he has those feelings for her, so it compounds on that. And that's where he decides, I'm going to go back to Earth with you and help with the situation. I mean, he eventually shows up and agrees with Ozymandias. Yeah, well, again, again, another great villain, right? Like, not yeah, only absolutely. because he's ambiguous, but he, he does the whole monologue thing, right? And they're like, well, we're going to stop it. And he's like, oh, no, 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 I already did this like half an hour ago. Yeah, I would. <laughs> it's like, oh, right, okay, well, that makes sense. You. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you so you can stop me. I've already done this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's great because his he has reasoning behind what he's doing. It's not just, I'm evil to be evil. Yeah. He has reasoning. Oh, my um, God. That was such a great ending. <laughs> and I think they're going to do the same thing with Thanos that they did with Dr. Manhattan. Is he, he's, he has this kind of emotional thing going on. And I think he's, I think either through some process of his half the universe thing not actually working to some degree because he does have the time stone. Or some degree of like him missing Gamora or something happening where he sees that it's worth it to let all life exist. He's going to undo it. And I think that's going to be the Avengers opportunity. Now, maybe not. Maybe it's going to be shitty writing and they're going to bring Captain Marvel into it. And the Superman of the Marvel Universe or Superwoman, whatever you want to call it, is going to end up just being powerful enough to fight Thanos. And somebody else is going to have to wear 
the fucking and maybe the Hulk or something has to wear the gauntlet and do the snap. I don't know, but it sacrificed somebody. I don't know, but what, I want to see it. What I would like to happen is Thanos to be defeated and not come back from his idea, and everybody that's dead stays dead. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah, but it's you know it's not. They've but already announced you know two movies not involving do that. characters you know that are dead. So. That. Yeah. You know they're not going to do that. Even if the two movies, I'm just so afraid he's gonna. It's gonna undo everything. I mean everything. Gamora, all of it. I uh, fucking Loki, all of it. Those characters no, should be dead so. permanently. I think they are. I think the only no, ones I that have the possibility are coming back are the ones who died in the snap. He has the soul stone. He's capable of bringing life back to people. I think in the snap, if he does the snap, it's going to bring back all of them, Gamora included. Absolutely. Well, if we'll anything. See. If anything, he wouldn't snap to bring them back. He'd turn back time with the time stone or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> first of all, you got to remember that outside of the actual movie, um, you know, these people probably have contracts. Like, Loki's is probably done. Tom Hiddleston's probably done. So, I mean, Maybe. yeah, they he totally could bring him back to life. Is he going to? Uh, probably not. I'm going to say no on that. I think Vision's gone for good. Or maybe oh, not. Maybe not. Certainly, I don't because know. I would have loved a Vision movie, man. That guy has really well, interesting powers that they never really explore. The thing is, if he does the snap, then Vision comes back. Well, he, he would have to. He didn't die in the snap. He died because he got the Mind Stone ripped out of him. You know, well, so it doesn't maybe, necessarily mean he has to die in the snap. The snap could just undo everything. Yeah, like maybe he could go back to a point. I mean, it seems like uh, how do you end something like this? You know, I mean, you want to have a dark ending where these people stay dead and like. A bunch of people die in the next part, and then it's well, like they're, they're talking about Cap uh, Chris Evans not coming back as Captain America, so I'm pretty sure he's gonna die, or oh. maybe he'll get a you know a hero send off and he'll go live in Alaska they gotta, until they call him back for the Shadow Moses incident. You gotta bring this story to an end, you can't just keep making Marvel movies. Well, yeah, I mean, they've already laid it out in phases, so this I think the next one's like the, the first one of the new phase, right? Or the last one of phase four. I don't know, they do it in phases. And, yeah, they're going to have to start cycling people out. Otherwise, Captain America is going to be 80 years old. Like, I don't think you can get, get him. <laughs> You can't get any better than what they've done in terms of this villain. This is a villain to end it, if you ask me. Well, he's that, been the villain since the beginning, really. Yeah, and it, it brings it all together, and it's great. And that's where you should end, at least end Avengers. I'm not saying don't make another Spider-Man movie or Doctor Strange. Just end Avengers. Well, I mean... Yeah, I mean, fair enough, but it doesn't really matter. Look at Captain America Civil War. That movie was basically an Avengers movie, you know, so they don't need to call it Avengers, but I want right. to see more crossovers and shit. Well, certainly, yeah. I'm not saying they can't do crossover. I mean, the best part about that movie is the fucking, just all of the, uh, all of the interactions between, between Thor and the Guardians. Like, it's just so good. Yeah, I can't wait till like two movies from now when they meet up with the Guardians of the Galaxy and it's like the fucking Mortal Kombat annihilation of cast members. Right, like I don't recognize any of these people, but they're it's like these are not them. We've captured their stunt doubles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, I'm just afraid they'll go with the happy ending where they reverse time back to a point where, like, before the fucking tesseract was even taken or some shit, and Odin's alive again and all this bullshit. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid they'll take. Oh, the, you're afraid of the time loop reboot mechanism? The, yeah, the shitty approach where they time loop it and then reboot it into something else happening. They're going to have to. They're bringing on all the Fox IPs now. So, 
I don't know. The better maybe... thing to do would kill a lot of people off and just go from there. You know, if you have an Avengers, that's fine. It's like com- some members of the Guardians and some, you know, uh, fucking Thor and. Well, I mean, just I mean, like the comic books. Thor is now, how are you gonna? What are you gonna do with that? He's so fucking powerful at this point. Like he's gone full on. He has awakened all of his god powers. He has the most powerful weapon. The fucking all the soul stones combined could not stop that fucking axe. It's it's over. He's so powerful. There's nothing that could stand against him. Not even Thanos. They they're talking about bringing Captain Marvel in to deal with Thanos. They, you don't need Captain Marvel. Thor can kill Thanos now. I don't know. Power. I'm excited for Captain Marvel because like that whole history is really fun. Like Captain Marvel used to be a DC character, and it yeah, was what we now know is Shazam. Like how, how crazy is that shit? DC made a character called Captain Marvel, and then everyone just called him Shazam because that's what he said, right? To turn into Captain Marvel, Shazam. And they were just gave in. They were like, yeah, no one's calling it Captain Marvel. Marvel Comics, it's getting confusing. We're just, all right, fine. It's Shazam. His name's Shazam. You're right. But the problem <laughs> with Marvel is that Captain Marvel is basically the Superman of the Marvel Universe. And I hate it. And I hate it. Well, There's I a mean, reason I hate Superman. It's fucking, you can't have pet characters that just do everything. At least Thor is just, I have an axe and I do lightning. That's it. It's not like, I have an axe, I do lightning. I'm the strongest thing in the world and I fly and I, I have lasers coming out of my eyes and I can breathe really fast and it makes cold air and I got mental powers and I'm psychic and like Jesus man oh crazy yeah that's all I have to say about that I'm still interested in seeing Captain Marvel though well we'll see how they do it I'm not going to judge it too ahead of time hopefully they don't turn her into a Superman but diversity <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. <clears throat> I don't know. New Marvel character. I'm always always hyped for that. Yeah. Well, I think that's uh, that's about it for everything we wanted to talk about. You got anything um, else? Well, that's a wrap. All right. So uh, why don't you let the listeners know where they can find you and what you do and all that, and then I'll go next. Oh, me? I make video games eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on that. Uh, and then I, uh, I've actually switched over to Unity Engine, believe it or not, because it's just simpler to use. I'll, I'll use Unreal later down the line. But uh, I stream on Twitch every night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time with uh, Seeker, usually. Monday, or sorry, Tuesday through uh, Saturday. Saturday is a sun- suddenly Saturday thing. Just suddenly. Uh, Twitch.tv slash TheGabbler, G-A-B-L-L-E-R. I know it's complicated. And then uh, it's the same Twitter, the Gabbler on Twitter, where I uh, follow a bunch of random people, and they follow me back. And weird, it's weird. I have a lot, of, a lot of acquaintances, and a no lot friends. Of people that know me. <laughs> they people, just don't people know, know me. I mean, <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm Seeker127. You can find me on Twitch Tuesday through Saturday. Not this Tuesday, but. Going forward, generally, Tuesday through Saturday at 6 p.m. 6 p.m. to midnight at twitch.tv slash Seeker127. You can find me on Twitter at Seeker127Gaming. Facebook, Seeker127Gaming. Basically any combination of Seeker127 and 127Gaming on any platform, you'll find me. Uh, And YouTube as well. So this is the first episode of the podcast. I think it was a success. I think think we have the best podcast. Uh, I think well, shorten it up a little bit. Well, we'll cut out all your shit and post. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good call. <laughs> <laughs> so we're planning on uploading 
a podcast each and every Sunday going forward. So please subscribe. Uh, currently open to sponsorships. Or else. <laughs> or else. Or else. All right. Well, we'll thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for, uh, you know, making time in the middle of a Sunday. Geb, I know. I know it was rough waking Why up. Why are you always early, thinking? But... Just go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next Sunday on Electronic Gaming, mostly. Yeah.